Jeffrey Katzenberg was once in charge of Disney's ailing animation unit and helped revitalize the failing company. But in 1994, Katzenberg left the Walt Disney Company for a host of reasons that could not even be covered on today's episode. After leaving the world's leading animation company, Katzenberg co-founded his own with Steven Spielberg and a direct competitor to Disney called DreamWorks SKG. Katzenberg's first two films as head of animation operations were Ants with a Z and the critically acclaimed film The Prince of Egypt. So the story goes, at least according to a book recounting DreamWorks' early days, animators and production workers who failed to deliver on the early films in the company's history were banished to work on a little known, a little film known as the gulag around DreamWorks, Shrek. There was even a term for it, getting Shreked. Yes, I'm not kidding. And Prince of Egypt was a critical was a critical success, but not what the company needed commercially for its first film. And by DreamWorks' fifth film, it went straight to DVD. Then Shrek hit theaters in 2001 and changed everything, establishing 3D animation as the dominant medium, pushing the studio in a newer and sometimes cruder direction, and spawning one of the most successful franchises in film history. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, this must be a Shrek episode, but not exactly. Alex Houston with you here, along with my co-host, Davis Carroll, and today on Through the Lens with longtime listener and former owner of Bucket Hat, Sutton Sylvester, joining the show, and once called girlfriend of the show, Megan DeVoe, making a surprise return, we're exploring the time when DreamWorks was at its peak and every film got a sequel. Shrek 2, Madagascar Escape to Africa, Kung Fu Panda 2, How to Train Your Dragon 2, and Puss in Boots The Last Wish will all be reviewed on today's episode. How about that, Davis? Uh, it was pretty solid. I think you fumbled on the intro of your guests a little bit. What do you mean? You faltered. That's all I'll say. What, do you, what did I say? You faltered. What? I didn't say you said anything wrong. You faltered. Well, hello, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty mm-hmm. good. Yep. Okay. Megan, Megan <laughs> picking up, pick right up where you left off I last gotta time. I got to warm up. I got to warm up. She's got to warm up. So I just want to say it's not fair that you said that I'm a former bucket hat owner because it was stolen. Yeah, exactly. So you no longer own the bucket hat. It's gone oh, into the void. But it's not my fault. I need to clear my name. Exactly. It's, it's, like it's, it's into the void. Away. We don't know where it went. I do have stickers in my wallet if you want a sticker, though. That's true. That's true. He, has, he possesses. I think, I think we've got some. Davis has some. I don't know. I, Davis, I'm not normally doing the intros. You know what I mean? It's not in, uh, yeah. In, 70, it good. I in it 76 good. episodes, I've done it twice. So I mean, That's not true because you used to do it. You used to always do it, oh. and then I started doing it. So mm, Sounds like you were you, slacking. So Alex Davis has no excuse for faltering there. He wrote it. It wasn't like I wrote him like, here, Alex, read it. You falter sometimes, but I don't I call you out. I just say great job. I'm just job. saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, okay, whatever you say. I'm here to make you your best version of yourself. Oh, thank you very much. You're so very kind. Someone's got to keep him accountable. Someone does. Everyone everyone zip it. Anyway, as I said, those are the five movies that we are discussing today. All commercial successes of varying critical success, all to be discussed later on. But first, we've got some questions from last week. Who directed District 9? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody ever seen District 9? Werner Herzog. Was it him? What the? We love the baby Yoda. No, not him. Got too, Neil Bloom. Too funny for him. Yeah. Okay. Neil Bloomcamp. Yeah. I don't. I don't really. I don't really have an association with that one. Also, anybody seen um, that film, uh, Secret of the Nim, animated film from a few years ago? No. No. Oh, Secret of Nim. Secret of Nim. Oh. oh. Oops. I, say, I think I. Nim's a person. That. I thought. No. Oh. Because the question says, "What does Nim stand for?" The National Institute of Mental Health. What? Yeah. Secret. Weird animated movie, isn't it? How old? Uh, I tw- I want to say it was a 2011 film. Okay, you said not that There's long a- ago, like Alex, 2011. It was from wasn't- 1982, man. Oh, <laughs> oops, oops, <laughs> oops. Okay, in my defense, uh, yeah, I, I don't knew really this have- thing was old because I remember watching this as a kid on VHS. I feel along like with I- Fern Gully, it's like Fern Gully type time. I feel like I have a VHS that has it in a preview of like the ads before my movie. So. <laughs> <11. laughs> 
My bad, y'all. You know, I had a I had a it's teacher a in class on Monday that acted like none of us had ever seen ever seen what a VHS tape was, and I was like, "Do you? How old does he think we are?" Because mm. the last VHS tape was two thousand six. One of the last ones ever. I made my own recently, so twenty twenty three is the last one. Wait, really? Yeah, what kind yeah, of well, no, I, yes, no, Alex, I did. No, I asked that because there is a company that like will convert. Yes, people so do still make VHSs, but I obviously do not well, make VHSs. You never know. I was difficult. pretty sure you did, and I was curious what home movie you had in stores. So. Exactly. I'm saying like I was the joke there was I fabricated one from scratch. Not that I like put one onto an existing tape. This is going well. I missed that. Yeah, I also Next right, time right I'll... over my head, man. <laughs> Right, whoosh. Alex watched it go right over. He, I saw him track it all the way. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I did. Um, Neil Bloomkamp. I'm researching him now. Uh, he did District Nine and Elysium, so he's known for more dystopian sci-fi films. So District Nine's a weird movie. I don't know if anybody's Never ever seen it. Yeah, it's weird. It's about the prawns. Yes, yep, I know. About there you it. go. I know about this, this, this guy. Knows things. Look Is at that. it like an offshoot of Hunger Games or no? No, not even. <laughs> not even. <laughs> it feels like it would be. I think not it predates even. Hunger some... Games. If I had to guess. Yeah, I did. Or not the books, but it, but the, the movie, movie was two thousand and nine. No, it's actually about um basic what I was gonna do that, but go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 go no, ahead. no, Davis. Go ahead. Davis, I no, actually go was gonna do it wrong, so you go ahead and do it. How, okay, so it's about these aliens that like they. We meet some aliens, and then they come to live on Earth, and we're like, you get your own district because this is about racism. You're, you prawns, you have to live in your own thing, and they kind of they have District 9. And everybody's it, like, I hate the prawns because I'm racist towards prawn aliens. And it also takes place in South Africa, so a lot of apartheid yeah. um, comparisons, Those parallels good. and stuff. It, yeah, it, the CGI is good. It, it's, it looks really good. It's just it's weird because, well, there's I'm not going to spoil it, but it's weird is all I'm going to say. Oh, I was um, going to go home and watch it right after this. Oh, is that right, Davis? You're so, so there's clever. There's someone in it that... Let me um, Charlotte Copley, whatever his name is, that guy. No, what? Not what I'm referring to. Oh, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the one with the robot. Yes, Chappy. Which, which is also um got. Wait, who are you thinking that's in it? It's also Neil Bloomkamp. But uh, uh, I think I just saw this something. Hugh Jackman's in it. But I saw something about the the um. Motion capture was interesting. Oh, interesting. Well, there you go. Um, now, with that, I think it's time to move on to the news. We're trying a bit of a different strategy here today, everybody. Um, with our news beginning, we're going to tell you what we're going to talk about, and then we're going to provide a timestamp. Keep it vague. Move, move, move Keep off it, it vague. Yeah, so we're going to Do cover... not give away the news when you're sim- summarizing it. I'm not going to give away... There's some breaking news relating to the Batman okay. that we're going to talk about. Uh, a few new trailers, including a Pixar film, a Wes Anderson film, and a LeBron film that okay. we're also going to talk about. What? Uh, exactly, as well as a possible collaboration between the Safdie brothers and Adam Sandler again. A lot of people mm-hmm. excited about that. And then some TMZ reporting on Jonathan Majors and an announcement Christopher Nolan had to make about Oppenheimer that I'm very, very excited about. So that is what we will be talking about. If you look below the podcast in the description, there's going to be a little timestamp button. You can click on that and it'll take you past it. Considering I know a lot of people hate this, Josie. <coughs> Josie, um, that was really wet in the mic. Oh, <laughs> uh, Alex is cleaning it off right now. Goodness, <laughs> we got it. We're good. Anyway, um, so yeah. Anyway, suck it up, everybody. Uh, our first bit of news: according to a discussing film, Clint Eastwood is preparing to write and direct the final film of his sixty-year, sixty-plus year career. Clint Eastwood directed, I believe, Gran Torino. He Nick. did. Yes, he, and then he's directed a lot of things. He's directed a lot of really good movies. Though. I'm trying to think of some of the ones that he did. Davis, you got one. You got one in mind. The Mule. Oh wait, yeah, that was that movie from a few years ago with Rob. With, like with Robert Redford, or was he the movie? He was him. Wait, Clint, Clint Eastwood. I thought Robert Redford was in that movie. Uh, I don't know, but it doesn't really matter 
because we can just go to the next bit of news. That's wow! Really, really streamlining. So, you, so, so what I'm saying here is we could either, um, um, just l- people listen to us Google things and go like, "Oh, he's in this one," or we can just go to the next bit of news. Look at this! We're making all kinds of improvements in our 75th episode. This is incredible. That's what I try to do. With you always go like, "No, no, no, let me look it up," and I'm like, "Oh, hey guys." I'm yeah, I'm going. sure you're always definitely uh, the guy that wants us to move on real quick. As you were sitting over there googling Chappie or District Nine or whatever the heck, Davis, you low key are the computer guy. <laughs> uh oh! Longtime listener uh, stepping in. Oh no! Oh no! He, he's a little angry now. But I like it. I love the facts. That's it, my thing. Is I wish I had my computer right now to find. David, am I commenting your shorts again? This, will you come back? This this is nothing towards sudden. I, I thank you, sudden, for the compliment. But Alex, the shorts right Alex's now, little snide comments. Uh, I'm taking a five minute break. Oh my goodness! What are you talking about, <laughs> little snide comments, Davis? You're making the snide comments first. See now this. Now you're just distracting from us moving forward. Look at this. Anyway, um, we'll, we'll get him to come back eventually. Through Vanity Fair, a new first look images were released for Marvel's Secret Invasion, starring Samuel Jackson, Olivia Coleman, Kobe Smulders, Amelia Clark, Martin Freeman, Ben Mendelsohn, Kingsley, Ben Adir, and more. The series will hit Disney Plus on June 21st. Another Disney Plus Marvel series, Davis. How excited are you for this? He's he's not here. Yeah, he's oh, his five minutes isn't right. His five, he's he, of course he's computering away anyway with uh, during his five minutes. Computing away first of all is texting my mom for tips about two ulcers I have in my mouth. I hope you feel bad now. <laughs> what the heck is wrong? You've got a lot wrong with you right now. I know. It was, I got into a fight with an alligator. It it really ended badly. For yeah, me. a lot of, a lot of things went down with this alligator of yours. Um, yeah, I. The Secret Invasion movie, we talked about it on our previous MCU episode, the fact that they already did Secret Invasion sort of in Captain Marvel, and now they're going to do it again. Uh, I don't care. Who cares, man? I agree with that. <laughs> Moving on. This is something you will care about. According to Deadline, sources with Deadline, Clayface will be a character in Matt Reeves' The Batman. Thumbs up. Very cool. Thumbs up. Familiar with Clayface? Sutton? Megan? Yes, yes. Oh, Sutton is familiar. So, Megan, Clayface is, well... I don't want... He's an actor who... F- he, he is? Okay, I, don't know. I actually just, know less lore. He's got this. Clayface started out as an actor, and he I don't remember how he got his powers, but he basically, he's made of clay, and he can morph into anything he wants to. So he like he can look like anybody he wants to. Okay. So as an actor, he really likes that. So like he'll do plays and stuff, but he also will like imitate people and be like, Batman, it's me, Robin. What are you going to do? And he's like, ah, I'm just kidding, Batman. It's me, Clayface. And he beats him up. Can I? <laughs> I think it's pretty cool just because of how grounded the first film was. I mean, grounded relatively speaking, of course, for being a comic book movie, to now expand to this is pretty pretty awesome. I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, I, I wonder too because it doesn't really fit in that world. But I mean, I mean, I trust Matt Reeves. Again, we've already, we, I mean, if they're going to do uh, Mr. Freeze, I wouldn't have very fit in it either. Well, yeah, but I guess that's... I think Mr. Freeze is less mystical of a character, though. Like, than a giant like clay how, man. Yeah, it's like how Batman <laughs> He's has not a giant clay man. Cool he, he becomes a giant clay man, though, when he needs to. In he, Arkham, he does. Yes. yes, he becomes a giant clay man. Um, it's, I mean, it's kind of like how, um, say, like, think of sort of the original Spider-Man movies, like Sam Raimi, so it's, you know, it's sort of based in reality, and then it's like the Sandman in Venom, and you're like, okay, this is kind of weird. It just doesn't necessarily fit in the... In the overall universe. However... I'm excited for it because it's really interesting. However, if they really wanted to go for the grounded, like if they didn't want to make him out of clay, they could just use Hush. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, they definitely Who steals your face. He doesn't oh, morph into you. Oh, there you go. He just takes it from you. And also, I will say... He doesn't, again, he doesn't rip it off of you usually, but he'll like he'll get prosthetic surgery to look like you. See, that's like in Face Off, they do just rip each other's faces off. Good movie. Yeah. We should watch that one day. Um, obviously, we're big Matt Reeves supporters here on the podcast. 
Planet of the Apes movies, the Batman. He can do no wrong. Also, the first trailer was released for LeBron James' movie Shooting Stars. It will hit Peacock on June 2nd. It is a look at the young life of basketball star LeBron James, a feature film adaptation of LeBron James and Buzz Bisinger's, that's a cool name, book Shooting Stars. It stars a host of people, including Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things. He plays Lucas, for those who watch the Stranger Things. Megan, you watch Stranger Things? I do. Yes, you, you I like, like the Stranger Things episode? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Tremendous. Actually, that's my favorite one. Really? Wow. <laughs> Did you hear that? Oh. Sorry, I was looking into Clayface. Oh, yes. The, the Clayface lore continues. Yeah, okay. His name is Basil Carlo. Hey, what? His name is Basil Carlo. Oh, that's a pretty cool name, honestly. Yep. According to Megan, the Stranger Things episode is her favorite one. Interesting. Uh, that was when you had the funny thing about the about the bottle shock movie about the California wine industry. I thought you had that. No, no, because I because you went on this whole ramble about it. If 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 they made a movie called Thor: Wine and Love, it would make a billion dollars in the box <laughs> office because you were really angry about Thor: Love and Thunder at that I, time. I don't remember any of that. I've listened to the episode a few times, so I've, trust me, I know. Yeah, most of my listens or most of our listens just me, obviously. Over and over and over again we go. Anywho. Another first trailer for Wes Anderson's Asteroid City, starring Margot Robbie, Tom Hanks, Scarlett Johansson, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Adrian Brody, Maya Hawke, Steve Carell, Hong Chow, and Willem Dafoe. The film will hit theaters in June. Wes Anderson, anybody here familiar? Yes. If you've seen Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, yeah. seen Fantastic Mr. Fox? Okay. Okay. Grand Budapest yeah. Hotel, Isle of Dogs, night. Bottle Rocket, Darth Vader Limited, Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, Life Aquatic and Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> yeah, Great I'm, I'm just I'm just saying, man. You know, uh, French Dispatch, Royal Tenenbaums. You don't know if you well, well, that. I really like that one. Uh, it's a good one. My mom loves that movie. She, movie. she always has to tell me to look away because then Gwyneth Paltrow just walks on screen. She ain't wearing anything. We're like, whoa, now, man, it's crazy. It's a good anyway. movie. What movie is that? <laughs> whoa, now. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Uh, <laughs> do you, Do you want to hear criticism of Wes Anderson? Over uh, here? Yes. If you'll notice, in most of his movies, the minimal amount of people of color. Has continued oh. with Asteroid City here. Oh, oh no! There's, you can count them on one or in two hands. That's like that's like a, a bad version of the Bechdel test. That's like, not good. It's like Tim Burton, basically. No, Wes Anderson. Yeah, but his movies are good. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> looking looking past that for a moment, movie pretty good. It looks pretty cool, Megan. I think you'd like some of his movies. They're very like artsy and like very colorful. One of, so when they released the trailer for Asteroid City, one of the comments was just saturation times a thousand because that's just what it. It's a it's very That's very bright movies. and vibrant and it yeah. looks really cool. Grand Budapest is his best one, I think. Yeah, that that's his sort of his universally most acclaimed. And Royal Tenenbaums was kind of his first big break, and then he's made two animated films: Fantastic Mr. Fox and then Isle of the Dogs. Isle of Dogs. I, or Isle of Dogs, which is a very weird movie, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which Fantastic Mr. Fox is not as weird. It's, it's weird. Really, I mean, yeah, but it's it's also just really really funny. So it's like okay. But it's like about a fox who's a human who yeah. has an existential crisis about being a fox. And it also got the song Bogus Bunts and Bean. One yeah. fat, one short, one lean. These horrible crooks. No, what's it? The different they look, but something, something equally mean. Anyway, great yeah. song. Willem Dafoe's the rat in that. What? Willem Dafoe is the rat. Willem Dafoe's in all, in, like most of his movies. He has like that cameo in Grand Budapest where he punches that dude. He's not a cameo. Oh, wait, he's, he's, he's a not, character. Okay, I haven't seen the movie, so I was just guessing. Oh. <laughs> this movie I've never seen I'm going to speak on very thoroughly uh, yeah. Davis I hope you know that he just adopts your movie opinions when he hasn't seen the movie because he'd been preaching about Thor Love and Thunder what? for a full year get your opinions man stop uh, off my style in fairness, in fairness I, I already knew Thor Love and Thunder was going to be bad and then you came on here and talked about it for 20 minutes and I was like okay it may be that bad yeah I'm going to start planting false 
false movie opinions in his <laughs> Having brain. seen Thor, Love, and Thunder, like no. Yeah, it might have been Moonlight. worse. <sighs> not, not a good movie. We're going to watch it on Monday. <laughs> I, I'm probably going to skip popcorn. Class to watch it. Yeah, yeah excellent. I don't know if I'll be able to eat popcorn by then, though. Oh, oh, okay. His mouth sense. ulcers. My mouth yes, ulcers. Yeah, 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 the, yeah, the, the ulcers in the mouth. You forget we don't have cameras. They're um, very painful. Another first trailer. Davis and I saw this on Friday. I want to assume we saw the Dungeons and Dragons movie. The first official trailer for Pixar's next film, Elemental. Oh. Hits theaters on June 16th. It looks visually really cool, but I don't know if the story's there. Boring. Don't care. Pixar's it's just inside kinda, out again. They kind of missed their mark lately. I don't know what what exactly the problem is. Ever since ever since Inside Out, they've missed their mark. I disagree. I didn't like Inside Soul Out. Soul was great. I haven't, oh, I haven't seen. Actually, I haven't seen Soul. I, I won't. I don't have an opinion on that. I'm not going to steal Alex's opinion on it. Oh yeah, well I also haven't seen Soul, so <laughs> I'm sure that one's good. <laughs> actually made me shed like a tear. Okay. Mm-hmm. Megan also seen Soul. Same 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 sentiment. Yeah. Tremendous. I mean, yeah. I, I, never, I, they, I mean, they still put out good stuff, but it's not as consistent as it was. I like, would agree with that. I mean, be a good one every now and then. Thinking back to like the original Pixar days, oh, actually, up until Coco. Coco's in twenty seventeen. Oh yeah, Coco's oh there, great. there you go, there you go. Up until I, take I mean, I, said back. <laughs> I mean, from when it started in nineteen ninety four to two thousand and ten, the one miss we could say they had was Cars, and even that's not a huge miss as far as I mean, like, and that's the thing is like, I think you're right where the qual- consistent quality is part of what made the original studio runs so good is because you'd watch Monsters, Inc., and then you'd watch The Incredibles, and then you'd watch Finding Nemo or any of those movies, and they were all really, the really good. good Dinosaur. That was a pretty good movie. <laughs> I, th- I think Davis was making a joke. I haven't seen that one. I also haven't seen that one. I, saw, I remember like, watching the end of it because it was on TV, and I was like, huh. And I clicked, and I was like, it wasn't bad. I didn't think it was their best movie ever, but it was entertaining. The problem is they have such a high standard to live up to with the past because they, again, they if they Lightyear? hate Lightyear. Is that one of theirs? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that one was great. But I I did. Did turning like Red? It. People like that one. People like, like, oh, I like Turning Red. I like that. Yeah, but people got mad about Turning Red because it like, didn't touch on 9 11 or some crazy thing. People were like, how dare this movie be set in 2001 and not talk about 9 11? I'm like, oh, God forbid a Pixar movie doesn't, doesn't cover that issue. Luca? That movie was awesome. Loved Luca. Okay, so maybe they're not as inconsistent as you say. <laughs> well, I mean, no. You're like, like, oh, that one's awesome. Oh, this one was awesome too. Oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> Megan said I it. I don't know why you're looking at me. You just said Luca was good. Well, yeah. I thought Luca was okay. You just it. said it was awesome. I, I liked. Did, it, I didn't man. like Luca that much. I liked it. You liked Turning Red. Yeah. Y'all both like Soul. I haven't seen Onward. Toy Story Four. I have heard not such nice things. I've heard good things. Onward and Toy Story Four, and I was like, Incredibles two. Yeah, I've seen that one. Incredibles 2 was... Do we think there's any... It's like the Disneyification of Pixar that maybe has ruined its luster? Mm. I I mean, I would say so if they did more sequels and prequels, but they kind of still steered... Look at what we're talking about. We're talking about an animation studio that made a sequel to every original movie they made. But aren't they making Toy Story 5 right now? They're also making uh, another movie that's a sequel to something that people are mad about. Probably Incredibles. If it's I mean, Coco too, I, I, I just don't. I just don't know. I just don't know if again that's the issue because again, look at what the movies Didn't we're they talking make about today. No, yes, they didn't. Wait, oh no, they didn't. Pixar's I'm sorry, they didn't Encanto. make Encanto. Like, look at what we're talking about today, though. No, not Disney's Encanto. Really? Pixar's oh, Encanto. My mistake then. But again, look at what the movies that we're talking about today. Like, I don't know if sequels is the automatic. Oh well, they're making too many of one kind of thing because we got four out of five that are pretty good and a fifth one that is. In the middle in group, but we'll get to that at a certain point. We're going to run through this last bit of it real quick because we obviously have a lot of movies to talk about today. According to Collider, Adam Sandler and the Safdie brothers' next film is confirmed to be set in the sports memorabilia world. I still haven't seen 
whatever hit uncut that. gems. Yes, uncut you gems. You have to see uncut gems. That was awesome. Yeah, I'm getting my way there, man. I'm working <laughs> Very my way stressful, there. But you it's have awesome. to see the opposite of Hubie Halloween. That's true. <laughs> the the that, that is exactly how it I works. I started uncut gems with my mom because she loves Adam Sandler, oh. and we thought it was an Adam Sandler oh. movie. It is not. No, it is not. Also for this movie, Megan the Stallions and talks to star in it. Fun fact. As what we. As Megan in, the Stallion. The next Adam Sandler movie. Okay. Yes. About sports memorabilia. So condescending you are. I, I thought it was pretty clear what I was saying, and then you questioned Well, we, we've talked about a lot of movies, so I don't know if you were still Googling stuff from a few movies ago, man. You're going to make him take a five-minute break, Alex. You better calm down. That's, it's fine. Bad. He's, someone's in there. Just keep going. Don't acknowledge um, it. Sorry, not acknowledging it. It's a bad radio. Another uh, Collider report says that a new John Wick spinoff film will be reportedly announced in the next month or so. Davis, you saw the most recent one on Wednesday. Yeah. I can't say that. It kicked butt. Oh, there, there you go. There and you it go. made it so much better that I had no idea what was happening because it was so much funnier to be like, it's the Baba Yaga. I'm like, whoa, this guy is crazy. Yeah, we've only still seen the first one, I want to say. I've never seen See the, the fourth one. one. Don't watch two or three. It's awesome. Oh, really? It was four. I haven't seen two or three. Well, so. no, but he hasn't <laughs> just seen goes, them either. I haven't so seen that's any the point. of them, and it made it like ten times more fun to Please watch. Please watch the first one. The first no. one's classic. Nope. It's so Please grounded. watch the first one. I'll watch one. it eventually. Blue Defoe's in it. You'll love it. Like I was saying, the fourth one, uh, they're like tur- they're like churning up like all the funny things about it. Like, and I've seen clips of the first one where he just talks pretty normal, but in this one, he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna need a gun." <laughs> like that's all his line deliveries are exactly like that. It's crazy. They just harness the yeah. I'm thinking I'm back line and just and just amplified it tremendously. Five minutes. It's so weird. Love like it. I know he can. I know he can speak normal. It's insane. I don't know, man. It is Keanu Reeves we're talking about here? Also, variety. He can act. The first movie has uh, mayhem from Allstate commercials in it. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yes, among many other. And also, um, for Game of Thrones fans, Theon Greyjoy is out there for those who have seen that movie. And again, Willem Dafoe. So that's pretty cool. There's probably uh-huh. a lot more so people funny. in that movie. I probably so. And for Last of Us fans, there's nobody in it. <laughs> That's very funny, Davis. Variety reports that Bill Lawrence says that a Scrubs reunion movie is inevitable. <laughs> he also teased that he'd like to bring actors from other series like Ted Lasso and Shrinking in for a reunion as well. Season 9 sucked, according to my brother, of course. Oh, so. my God, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> that was you know who watched Scrubs? You. Me. And Ask se- me. And, and Season 9, Davis? It's fine. Don't look at me like that. You've never watched it. You have no opinion on it. It's fine. Now he does. Now he Compare does. Compare like the first five is not as good, but like, it's fine. Four or five episodes and I'm going to go, you know, Scrubs season nine was fine. Oh my God. <laughs> Scrubs was funny though. Scrubs is kind of like Family Guy live action because they just do cutaways the whole time. Oh, really? They're like, oh, what if this happened? They'd be like, whoa, so well, crazy. How do you feel about him going the route of, ah, just all of my other IPs are going to just come together for one massive uh, collaboration? Stupid. I don't think they should do a reunion. Just let it, let let a let it dead lie. dog lie. But another psych movie, we'll be there for that. I haven't watched any of the psych movies, but I'll I watched either. the first one. It was pretty good. Apparently, <laughs> apparently the the next two after were a lot better. Yeah, because the first one was in it was in very difficult circumstances, if mm. I recall correctly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Timothy Munson had a stroke. Exactly. So they kind of had to rebuild the plot around that in part. But anyway, TMZ has first reported it. Jonathan Majors was arrested this weekend in New York City and charged with assault, strangulation, and harassment of a woman. His rep claims, quote, he's done nothing wrong. We look forward to clearing his name and clearing this up, end quote. Yeah, not not great, Davis. To say to, to say to the put least. it lightly, yes. To put it lightly for a variety of reasons. This isn't good. Yeah, it's not good. Um, guys. Did you see the texts that were released? No, I didn't, actually. Well, they released texts between him and his girlfriend. And for well, Jonathan Major's side, and I'm sure they were like, Oh, this is gonna help us out, but it's just like so obviously 
like signs of abuse from it. Wait, really? Yeah. Do you do you have any? Do you have any? I have uh, them up in front of me. Okay. If you want, if you want to maybe. Cover she texted him. That. Please let me know you're okay when you get this. They assured me that you, you won't be charged. They said that they had to arrest you as protocol when they saw the injuries and they knew on me and they knew we had a fight. I'm so angry that they did. I'm sorry you're in this position. We'll make sure nothing happens about it. I told them this was my fault for trying to grab your phone, which is a very telltale sign of being scared of an abuser for saying something like that is what a lot of people are saying, and I agree. I only just got out of the hospital. Just call me when you're out. I love you. And then she texted the next day or later that day. Uh, they just called me again to check on me, and I reiterated this is not an attack, and they do not have my blessing on any charge being placed. I read the paper, and they gave me about the strangulation. I said, point blank, this does not occur and should be removed immediately. This judge is definitely going to be told this. She ensured this to me. I know you have the best team, and there's nothing to worry about. I just want you to know that I'm doing all I can on my end. I also said to tell the judge to know that the origin of the call was to do with me collapsing and passing out, and your worry as my partner due to cure our communication prior out of care. She promised I'll be re- relayed. Well? So he might get off, but, but those texts don't really help him as much as his defense team does. His, his career also could be... I mean, I, you never you never do know because sometimes studios and sports teams and companies in general just decide when and when not to care about well, things usually, like this. Well, uh, usually, I feel like a lot of these times they just these reports don't even come out. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that fir- that first text it started over you grabbing my, or me grabbing your phone. I'm like, okay, um, I don't really know if there there's a there's a a logical leap from reaching for someone's phone and then all of the many charges levied against him. Again, he's kind of the standard bearer for the MCU Phase 5 currently as him and the mini Kang variants are going to be leading that franchise forward. So there's that also. Creed 3, of course, just came out with him in that film as well. He's in Last Black Man in San Francisco, one of my favorite movies. Uh, there you go. So, I mean, Can't yeah, watch it so, ever again, sorry. Yeah, unfortunately, we just got to be able to watch it, I guess, unfortunately. <sighs> However, let's, let's pivot to some... One could say happier news, depending on who you ask. Um, Nolan's Oppenheimer will reportedly be three hours long. His longest theatrical film yet. I'm so excited. What? You, you, got, you got something to say, Megan? No. No, she got, got nothing to say. I'm just saying, Christopher Nolan... You know, I'm happy about being three hours, too. What? Just because I heard him say it. <laughs> Davis, do you have anything else to say? No. Really? I'll nothing, just make it fun of you. Nothing, nothing at all, though. I mean, I think Nolan's got a blank check when his worst movies are Dunkirk and Tenet. Tenet's good. Dunkirk's good. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But by, by comparison, people have called them their worst movies. I'd say and I would, Memento's about it worse than those. I haven't seen Memento yet, so I guess like, I, but I, of the movies that I've seen. Yet you have no opinion? No, I don't, because I haven't <laughs> seen it. I have it on DVD, though. But of the movies I've seen, I'd say that Tenet and Dunkirk are probably his weaker films. But even then. I, I need to go back to what you just said. Yeah, I have right. no opinion because I haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, that stopped you before. Um, Davis, <laughs> uh, in case you have no, noticed. D- he's he's a new man. A joke. He's about to try to pull. This was a joke the whole time. No. Uh, the most recent time it was, admittedly. But previously. No, it wasn't. It changed, Davis. He changed in five minutes. And more like 27 minutes because that's how far we've gone along. Anyway. That's it. Now it's time to move on to our five sequel films that we are going to be talking about today. I'm so excited. The first film, Shrek 2, stars Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, Julie Andrews, Antonio Banderas, John Cleese, Rupert Everett, Jennifer Saunders, Joan Rivers, Larry King, apparently, Aaron Warner, Cody Cameron, Christopher Knights, and Simon J. Smith, and Conrad Vernon. Joan Rivers has a cameo. Simon Cowell also has a cameo. It's been directed by the trio of Andrew Adamson, Kelly Asbury, and Conrad Vernon. Screenplay was a group effort written by Adamson, Joe Stillman, J. David Stem, and David N. Weiss. Story just from Adamson. Edited by Michael Andrus and Sim Evan Jones. Music from Harry Gregson Williams once again. 
And this film released at the Cannes Film Festival, Davis, in May 15th of 20, or 2004. It then got a worldwide release on May 19th. And it only is an hour and 32 minutes. This is the first time I've probably ever called a movie short and it's been an accurate depiction of this movie. I realized that because we, what movie we were talking about a few Sundays ago, I called Sound of Metal short and it's a two hour movie. Yes, my bad. You have a problem with that. Um, in, in my defense, the movies that we watch on this podcast tend to be two hour and 20 minute average. So relatively, mm-hmm. my yeah, perception you, is skewed. When you brought up Oppenheimer being three hours, all I could think is that you're going to have to try to make me watch it. Uh, Alex yeah. is going to walk out of the theater and be like, that could have been two hours longer. Uh, yeah, it could have. <laughs> I, absol- I, I will watch no matter the length a movie if it's a good movie, man. I, mean, and I also, will too, but sometimes I feel like I have to pause it. Nah, three hour movies, I'll watch it. I don't care. Plus, then I'm going to go straight from Oppenheimer to watch Barbie. So it's going to be an awesome, awesome Absolutely. day. So yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Margaret Robbie. After this happens, Alex is going to be complaining about how tired he is. You're like, oh, I'm so gassed. And this is so self-imposed. I feel no pity for you after you watch six hours in a theater. You're going to be like, oh, I'm so tired. My back hurts. Yeah, okay. No okay, Davis. As you, I, you two do not give him any pity either. Megan, you especially. If he's like, oh, I feel so bad. I'm so tired. You're like. Too bad. As if this you don't also do that exact same thing. <laughs> I don't. David's out here staying up, playing God of War until four in the morning. Oh, I'm so tired. I need to go eat food, Alex. I'm like, well, maybe it's because you didn't do anything. So all God these things he just said never happened. Uh, mm, I think it does. <laughs> never play the game until four a.m. I think it does. I don't ever go. To, like Alex was playing God of War all night. I'm so tired. Never happened. We do our show. Alex, we, I have called you before, and you've been like, oh, I'm playing a game right now. I don't know if I want to talk. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll always pause okay. my game to Megan, talk to somebody. <laughs> Megan once declined my call because she was playing Mario. Well, I was busy. Reasonable. I'm upfront about it. I'm honest. I'm not going to tell people that I don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I didn't say that. I, anyway, um, so Shrek 2, again, this film, I love it. It's so funny. Anybody? Thoughts? I mean, we, there's so much to talk about with, I'm gonna, admittedly, I may, I may um, borrow a couple ideas from this YouTube channel called Schaeferless Productions, who does really, really great coverage of animation films, specifically, that's like his wheelhouse, and... Here's just an idea that I happen to agree with, that Shrek 2 might not be a perfect movie, but it's probably a perfect sequel, Mm -hmm. which I think is definitely correct in the way that it builds so directly off of the first film in enough ways that don't feel too stupid Mm -hmm. or parodied or ridiculous, where I think the third film and fourth film might jump into that territory a bit more. So, I mean, this film goes right into production before the 2001 Shrek film was even released, and it's one of the most successful animation animated films of all time, even out of the opening. I love the way that it opens with just picking up right where we left off. Yeah. Classic love story. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, but that, I mean, that, that, that's the point is that I love how it kind of doubles down on that because the first film is poking fun at the classic fairy tale story here and there. And then that four-minute montage with Accident in Love by the Counting Crows is literally just that over and over and over again where – like Red Riding Hood goes up to the the um, honeymoon cottage, but she's terrified. There's like very clearly like the Little Mermaid shows up for a moment. Ariel's right there, but it's like you know CGI Ariel, so it's not really Ariel. Apparently, I don't know how they get away with that. The Little but. Mermaid was before Disney got it. It was a it was a tale. It was a fairy tale. Well, there you go. Then. It's a Danish fairy tale. There you go. Yeah. Just so you know. I, I, fact, I, I went familiar fact. with that. Admittedly, um, Disney's not original. That, yeah. Ooh, there you go, man. Speaking, of, I mean Shrek's so original, but uh, I think um, it really just kicks things off there, and from there, this movie's hilarious mm-hmm. through and through. It's funny, Davis. You got to say something, man. You can't just go. Uh, mm-hmm. We have other guests that can say things that's as true. well. Anyway, yeah. and I'd like to give them the chance before me and you go off on tangents. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Megan, me and you were watching it together. 
I mean, me and you were writing down a couple things here and there. Like, there's the random joke where the king makes a makes a comment about his old crusade wound acting up, and I'm like, oh, wait yeah. a wait a minute, because you pointed because I didn't even catch it, and you pointed it out, and I was like, yeah. this movie's crazy. And then of course the whole the whole ordering at the fast food restaurant. That was, <laughs> what was it called? Um, oh, was it Burger called? Prince or no? No, 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 no. But that so Burger Burger Prince is what we saw, but this place was like called. I can't remember the name of it. Look, go ahead and look it up, Alex. Me and Sun will talk about this movie. Yeah, go I ahead. mean, it's just a classic city girl falls in love with a country boy and yeah. then eventually has to meet oh. her uptown parents. It was Fryer's Fat Boy. That's yeah, there you, go, there you go. Oh, that's making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> You're an animal, Davis. <laughs> what am I going to eat? What should I eat, Sun? Chick-fil-A. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what Alex suggested earlier. Yeah. <sighs> this is so fun for me. It's anyway. a Sunday, by the way. Yeah, oh, I, we covered that, Megan. I know. I'm well, I'm well aware. And then you get, like, Prince Charming gets the kid's meal. Yeah, and and you got the toy, you got the big old axe. Exactly. It's so funny, man. I think the funniest joke in this movie to me, too, uh, was the union joke, which I think is hilarious. When they go to oh like, the union. Oh, my God. We're with the union. Around. Very funny to me. Very, that's <laughs> that, an adult joke. That's very funny. Absolutely. Or the, the cops one where they're scr- the pepper spray in there. We got a white Bronco on, ca- on the main road. Is this cat right here? Absolutely. And the fact that the funny. camera blurs and you can see that the knight actually plants it on him. Which is hilarious. Or you've got Donkey yelling police brutality or the pepper spray so where it's just funny. a pepper grinder. That's so funny. I think the standout of this movie for me is Puss in Boots. I have a soft spot for Puss in Boots, but Puss in Boots is hilarious to me. So that's what, to me, is so great about it. Because, you know, sequels, um, obviously there's what, what, what people call sequel syndrome, right? Where a film tries to play the hits from the first film or, or just doesn't really in- innovate enough. You've got a whole cast of new characters that are all so unique and so different in their own ways. And Puss in Boots is probably the very best of it. Because I like the fact that he is simultaneously the coolest dude ever, but then he also isn't. Like, he's like, fear me if you dare. And then he gets a hairball, and you're like, what? But then later on in the movie, that man goes toe-to-toe with, like, eight nights. You're like, oh, he is him. He's never been touched by a blade. Exactly. He's him, man. It's crazy. I love love it. And I'll I'll save my love for Puss in Boots when we get Absolutely. the best movie of all these. So. And, and even even then, I love the Hot little take. detail of when the king is at, at the at the uh, bar later and there's a frog that says, oh, do I know you? And he's like, no, you don't. I thought I didn't catch that until this, the, this run I thought the through. bit of it was like, no, dad's dying. And he goes, I'm dying. <laughs> I thought that was in this movie. But it's the next one. That was, yeah, that was oh, the beginning yeah, yeah. of the next it's so fu- That is such a funny uh, thing to me. No, I love, I love when, I love when, it, when um, he, he gets shrunk down and you hear the ribbit and then Gingy's like, he croaked or whatever. <laughs> that, that part had me laughing up a bit too much, I must admit. I was Because the thing is, once that I Need a Hero sequence goes down, I was eating up whatever was left in this movie. I was like, this is it, man. It's a great movie. It's fun, fun old movie. Prince Charming is a fun little caper that they're trying to act like Prince Charming's Shrek, but he's not. And it strikes a guy now, and then White Bronx. It's hilarious. And attractive. So yep. attractive. I also forgot. So he has I, chest hair now. I forgot the twists and turns of this movie, because I remember, like, because I've seen it so many times, like, the fact that Prince Charming is the, is the son of the fairy godmother is, like, obvious. But watching it back through, they pretty much hide that twist the whole way through. Like, you originally just think they're working together. And you don't actually figure it out until, like, the last 30 minutes of the movie. Because oh, I, I don't think that's true. That. Yeah, I don't think that's true. Because I, I, I hadn't seen this lot. in years, and I was like, "Oh, that's his mom." Because I'm pretty sure she's like, "Hey, honey, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, not Pookie. Because there's that scene where he um, where he eventually calls her mother, and then Shrek and all them go, Mother? That's and then, that's when they saw it. That's when okay, they yeah. saw it. I guess yeah, I, yeah. I guess I forgot. My bad, guys. But um, also, also he, like he was watching. He was on his phone or something. He was on Twitter. Uh, so oh, funny. he's always on Twitter. Mm, so watching March Madness or something. No, I actually wasn't. It was on like a Tuesday, so I don't think there was any March Madness on. Thank you very much. Anyway, um, so defensive. Also, I liked when Mongo's running through and he attacks one Starbucks and everybody just runs to the next Starbucks. I don't remember Two, that. 2004, they even knew how many Starbucks oh, there would be. That's a reference. Starbucks to was popular. Reference back- to what? Maggie. I don't remember. Like some some sort of movie about how the world would, or some article about how the world would end, and it, they said it would end when there's two Starbucks across, or like on the same intersection. So. And then the, there is there Starbucks been yeah. popular for a while. Man. That's true, but it started I mean, in Seattle. Do you know really? I, I think I did know that. There's a place in Texas that has three Starbucks on the same intersection. There's a place in Australia that has like their two version of Walmart right beside each other. I watched a funny video about it. <laughs> Incredible. Days. That's all. That, that's, that's, uh, that's New like Zealand it. Today. I'm telling this to all our people on the show right now. It's really funny. Uh, it's a, like a spoof news show, but they talk about real news in Australia. Really funny. Or New Zealand. Really funny. Yeah. You should check it out, son. Shrek 2 is pretty good, too. Yes, it is. I, 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 thank you, son. You're, you're, <laughs> I you're very good. like Shrek 2. <laughs> very, very good. Anything you like to say about Shrek 2? The animation. Animation hasn't aged amazingly, but for the time, I'm sure it was amazing. I think it looks pretty good. I mean, for it what looks it is, good, honestly. but like you compare it to like, oh, Alex has something to say. That actually relates to something I had written down. So they had to create an, an development of a whole new set of film production tools just to handle the appearance of Puss in Boots' fur belt and the hat plume. Puss's fur especially required an upgrade to the fur shader because, again, at this point, fur in animated films was not really well portrayed. I mean, I remember again one of the big like wins in animation was when they were able to do the Monsters Inc. with Sully. So, obviously, the animation doesn't look oh, because it's kind of from a time before that sort of jump in evolution, which I think was kind of Nemo took a major step forward, and then Cars was really when it took a serious step forward in animation, just for animation as a whole. Because we'll obviously talk about how animation, once one movie does it, they're all influenced together. But I think it looks good enough. Like, you know, I mean, it could it could it look better, sure, but it's a movie that cost $150 million to make, so believe me, they spent their money. However, apparently part of that is because soon after the original Shrek proved to be a hit, Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, and Cameron Diaz negotiated an upfront payment of $10 million each for voicing this film. They were paid just $350,000 for the first film. However, that wasn't a big issue for DreamWorks because this movie was such a ridiculous success grossing $935.2 million. The shock that I felt when I realized that Shrek 2 was almost a billion-dollar movie. Incredible. If I was, a, if I was alive, or I was alive. If I was older back then is what I meant. I would, I would, I've seen enough time. I would have seen enough times to get to a billion. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this movie's so funny. Just, just alone for the I Need a Hero sequence, which, like, it's kind of become a meme now because that song is really good, and it's just... But I the sequence itself is Shrek awesome. Shrek in general has become a meme. Which is why I like it when you watch it back and realize that the emotional beats hit. Like, at the very end, Megan, we were getting a little emotional at, at the end when... Um, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't be either. No, when... when and I when, get emotional films, when, when, Fio- when Fiona and Shrek are talking, and Shrek's like, I'll, I'll be this for you or whatever. And what does she say? She, like He's like, all right, we'll do like the true love's kiss to stay human something? forever. And she's like... It's and, a Shrek joke. No! He also farted yeah. when he drank that potion. That's true. I try so hard. Anyway, never mind, guys. Remember when he was sitting in the mud bath and he farts? He did, he did. And the bubbles came up? Yeah. Okay, you sell this, but these movies are awesome. 
Um, the words "these movies are not awesome" never once came out of my mouth. I just want to I want, let the record show: me and Sutton are not saying these movies are bad. This is the movie that put Simon Cowell into the Shrek universe. That's my, true. Yeah, far, far How away come idol he's man. A human? The what? I guess there are humans. How come he's there? Because it's far, far away idol. I don't know. That was an awesome special feature on the on the uh, DVD that I had. Mm-hmm. I watched it like because you could always vote on who wins. That was that Who'd was. Who'd you a- vote for? I think I voted for everyone just to see what their reaction oh would be at that God. point. I mean, I, see I had all the endings. I had the movie for like I didn't have it twenty years. If I, I didn't, I didn't have if, it. if I just went through it and voted for the same person each time, I think that'd be worse. Not very loyal, Alex. <laughs> oh my mistake. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, again, Larry King's in this movie. I still can't get over that. As who is um, Larry King? He is he's the guy. He's like the he's like the radio guy. He did the interview. He's like. I'm Larry King. No, he's Doris <laughs> the Ugly Stepsister, the runner of the ball. Oh, oh what? Really? <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll tell him who Larry King is oh. in real life is what I'm I saying. I know who Larry oh, King is. Oh, that's your ass. No, I'm okay. asking you in the movie. This is also <laughs> that's the, funny. the first of two DreamWorks movies to feature Larry King, obviously the other one being B-Movie with B-Larry King. That's funny. <laughs> that's a good bit. <laughs> As opposed to regular Larry King. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Um, also, Harry Gregson Williams, um, this was his fifth Collaboration with DreamWorks Animation following Ants, Chicken Run, Shrek, Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. I love that movie. <laughs> the soundtrack for this film reached eighth on the U.S. Billboard 200 and was first on U.S. Soundtrack's Billboard rankings. It was in theaters for 150 days, closing in November of 2004, and along with DVD sales and merchandise, which reached a total of $800 million on its own, this is the most profitable DreamWorks film to date. And probably will never be surpassed. I watched a video about how when Shrek was coming out, like DreamWorks was like, we gotta, we gotta get this Shrek merch out there. So they were pairing with anybody that they could find. Like they, they, they had a goal to like pair with every single major company to have a Shrek tie-in. They was like Shrek ketchup, Shrek toothpaste, and all that. McDonald's had Shrek toys. Well, yeah, because I, I saw I did Shrek watch that you get from McDonald's and it opened his mouth and it had the time on it. If you remember that, tremendous. I saw a video I want to say a few months ago of someone trying like the Shrek brand food. Like it was like green. Oh, I don't remember what it was. It was ketchup. It was, yes, it was. That's Ooh. right. I think like, I remember the Shrek toothpaste being green. Ooh, Great. yeah. There was Weird. the McDonald's had the Shrek cups that were lead lined, so if you drink them, you die. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, they had to call. It was Burger King actually, but still. We had one of those. When I, I missed the good old days. <laughs> we had one. It was in our shed, so we never actually drank out of it, but I know where it is. There you go. Now, this is a sentence I never thought I'd read. Along with Shark Tale, this film was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature Film, but both lost to The Incredibles. And then Accidentally in Love received nominations for the Academy Award for Best Original Song, Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song, Grammy Award for Best Song Written for a Motion Picture, Television, or Other Visual Media. All nominations, no wins, though. For that, Connie Crow's pretty good song, I will say. Out of the, out of the gate there. It was a great song. Yeah, exactly. They were going to put a Weezer song instead, but it didn't fit. I so cannot imagine switched. a Weezer song fitting. Ooh-wee, I look just like, but like that one? <laughs> well, uh, Isle of the Sun? Is that it? No, 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 no. Oh, that's the same one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Isle of the I don't Sun is, uh, Island of the S- in the Sun is, um, I don't remember how that one goes. You like I just I just sang it. No, no, you said that was... You're singing Buddy Holly, I But thought. that's what Isle of the Sun is, isn't it? No. <laughs> but which I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> no, she's not going to sing it? Sing it. Come on. Come on. Oh, you <laughs> Did you not listen to the Jurassic Park episode when I had to go, That's different. You should do like the first opening bars or something, like, you know, the guitar. I'll follow up with it. I got it. Oh, isn't it like the, Hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. That's it. Yeah. Awesome! Excellent. I don't to Weezer. 
What? I don't listen to Weezer. I, I listen to some Weezer. I listen to Weezer. <clears throat> Sorry, it was. There's another thing that Weezer fans are known for, but mm. uh, I'm confused. You have to tell me afterwards, and I if guess. you get the joke, you get the joke. I don't get the joke. I must. Admit. If you know, you know. What else do we have to say? See, we about- watch. We watch Alex track that one going right over his head. <laughs> <laughs> what else do we have to talk about? What else do you, uh, we have to say for Shrek Two? Anybody? Any any thoughts? Any fun facts they know? Any opinions, controversial or otherwise? Uh, um, I heard the Shrek Two video game's good, but Puss in Boots is the best part of this movie. All of the alien reference when he pulls up, and I, honestly, I think the best part about this movie is the fact that, like, I, when I was watching it, Davis, I was thinking about the Captain America First Avenger movie and how we both did not like that movie for a variety of reasons, including the fact that there's a montage every other scene. There's a lot of music montage scenes in this, but there's nothing if, wrong with montages if they're done well. Exactly, and that's what I was going to say is you, you can't really go wrong like with like Rocky's ev- known for montages. Exactly, and they rock. And every song in this movie is awesome. Yeah, shut up. So like when you pick when you pick when you hit on every song you choose yeah. in every single point, it doesn't feel old because you're like, oh, the new song's coming up. I don't and even you're think about the it. songs. I think it's just more whatever's happening in the like it's fun, like there's visual comedy there. It's what they're doing is interesting. But then Captain America's like, oh, punch a Nazi. Guess what? Punch a Nazi in this one too. <laughs> like even even the scene when Shrek's just walking around Fiona's room because he can't sleep, and the song literally goes, I need some sleep, and it's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> they know what they're doing. <laughs> a little on the nose there, but it's for, and then there's the Mrs. Fiona Charming, Mrs. Fiona Charming, Mrs. Fiona Charming. That's so awesome, and there's little toys and everything. It's so cool. I, I was scared when he started doing that. I don't know. Like, I didn't even know what was happening as no, a kid. I was like, too. I don't know what he's reading. But yeah, well, this is, I'm afraid. It's scary, man. It's a scary scene. And then of course, obviously, you got Funky Town when they come, when they come into Far Far Away. That's I love cool. some Funky Town. That, that's so awesome, man. It's so fun. And then even like the. The song, which I can't remember the name of it, when they're escaping the potion factory is really cool because that whole set piece is awesome when they all turn into doves and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's also definitely um, Cogsworth and the candle Lumiere from Beauty and the yes. Beast are definitely in this movie they are. for it's one second, them, yeah. which is pretty funny. I, yeah, I just – I love this movie. It's so, so funny. I wonder how long it would take like people watching it back, like younger kids watching it back, that they would not get – most of the jokes because i already don't get all of the references you know because i mean there's certainly references to like early 2000s movies and pop culture movements that we were like three years old so how do we how do we get them now i I would agree with that i mean i do say though the the age the the joke doesn't or the joke that will never age is the we got a white bronco uh going going, that that, (laughs) that one had me i was like there ain't no way so that actually reminds me of something that you uh that you brought up. So Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio, who were the writers for the original Shrek and also the original Pirates of the Caribbean movie, they insisted that the sequel be a traditional fairy tale, but after disagreements with producers, they just left the project entirely. And I can't really imagine it being a traditional fairy tale because to build off that first film, you kind of have to go bigger and go a little crazier, right? Like you can't go with the same satirical biting remarks that, you know, are sort of there, sort of not there. Like, I feel like they needed to go a step further and I think they do it well, again, because they take all the characters in new directions. They introduce – there isn't a bad character in this movie, I think, that's, like, even annoying. And even, like – I don't know. Even, like, the weakest song in it is the Fairy Godmother song, where she, whatever it's called. What? No. I mean, I would say – I love that one. Okay. Fair enough. I don't know which one you're referring to. Um, No, it's the one when she's like, she's like, like Fiona, this is what I can give you or whatever, and they do, like, oh, a little flash. Yeah, I, think, the, I think that the, might the, 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 be, but even then, it tells so much of a story to it that it adds that. so much anyway. That. It was fat like, Boy Parishes, what was it called? Megan? The Wait, Fat Boy what? Place? No, Friars Fat Boy. Friars, Friars Fat Boys. I'm hungry, man. Oh, my Lord. You'll be all right, Dan. <laughs> I just want to right. I have all of them if you want me to 
nah. entice you with more restaurants. No, it's okay. It'll <laughs> yeah, be all right. My favorite Burger number in uh, this movie probably would be the very end when Puss and Donkey do um, Live in La Vida Loca. That, yeah. It's incredible, man. And t- just hearing Antonio Banderas sing is so awesome. That, that let's just say that we had the, we either Shrek to uh, CD. I had it as, as a as a child, and we would just have my mom skip to the first song, accidentally in love, and then skip all the way to I Need a Hero and Live in La Vida Loca, and then restart and do that over and over so and over. So you would watch the movie? No, I mean we. I also watched. We had the CD. We were in oh, the car. I'm sorry. I, I I took it as you were like you just started the movie. Like I just want to see these two things. <laughs> <laughs> that that too. Um, no. Uh, why don't we go ahead and give this movie a rating? Because we do have four more movies to get to. Out of ten, let's start with Megan. Seven and a half. Really, a I C. Like it. Yeah. Okay. Sudden is so. This is an out of ten ranking of based 10. on the other five, or based well, no, on just based all on movies. what you give it. That's the point. Okay, is that um, you, you you keep giving these movie ratings, and you realize how they compare. All movies, I'm gonna give it a nine, probably. Yeah. That or an eight point five. Davis, I was gonna go eight point five. I th- I enjoyed what? it. It was and it was short. It didn't overstay its welcome. I didn't get restless or anything. I was like. I was like, oh, this movie's good. I was like, oh, it's over. Yes, but every scene is enticing. And yeah. I was having fun. I was, I was smiling. I was, I, I was having a grand time. I honestly believe I'd give it, yeah, I'll, I'll settle on a nine. Sometimes I feel like a 9.5 territory, but again, it's a really, really enjoyable movie. I'm going to get over 11. Movie. Okay, that's very funny. Why don't we move on to the second one? Madagascar Escape to Africa, by far the best title in this, uh, in this episode, but the best movie mm, stars Ben Stiller. Chris Rock, David Schwimmer, Jada Pinkett Smith, Sasha Baron Cohen, Cedric the Entertainer, Andy Richter, Bernie Mac, Sherry's Sherry Shepard, Alec Baldwin, Elisa Gabrielli, Will I Am, mm-hmm. Tom McGrath, Chris Welcome Miller, Christopher Knights, J- John DiMaggio, and then Conrad Vernon. He's a common theme in all these movies. John DiMaggio is Bender in Futurama. Really? And he's Jake in Adventure Time, which you may know him more for. I, I know more for that than I would say than Futurama. Directed Futurama. by Eric Darnell and Tom McGrath. Written by Eaton Cohen, as well as Darnell and McGrath. Edited by Mark A. Hester. Music by the greatest duo I have ever had the privilege of reading on this podcast, Hans Zimmer and Will I Am. What a collaboration it is. This film released in November of 2008. Production started right after that first film that came out back in 2005. It's the shortest film in this episode in an hour and 29 minutes, but still as expensive, costing $150 million to make. This movie's an interesting one. It's a, it, it's funny. This movie, I, I'll admit, I, this movie's pretty funny. Well, that's the thing. Is so, there's also a union joke in this one. There is. There is. There is. <laughs> they want maternity leave. You're all that, males. So well, like, the best part of that joke is that he looks under the yeah, table. He's, he's, <laughs> and, he's, got, he's got a check. And then he has and he has dirt on him when he's dating the hula girl. The blackmail? The, the, the pink ones are the funniest part of the movie. That, and so the, the monkeys are. That's what I was going to bring up, Davis, is that I, watching this movie, I felt like this was the most unintentionally funny movie that I've ever seen. And what I mean by that is that I'm watching it and I can tell that the writers and that the crew wanted these Alex the Lion character moments to hit. They wanted what was happening with Marty and... Uh, um, and Gloria and Melman to hit, but they just don't. And watching the movie is just waiting for the penguins to come back. Yeah, on like screen. I was like, I was there's just like good bits in the background. I was like, this is funny. Like, uh, can't you see these commies have my hands tied? Like all the Cinema, signs when man. they were flying away, like farewell pansies and all that stuff when they were leaving. It was funny. Yeah, no, but it really just the emotional beats are just not there at all. I don't think I'm gonna get my other Futurama thing out of the way right now. Go ahead. Uh. Have any of you watched Futurama? No. Fine. Uh, in Futurama, there's another famous voice actor in it called named Phil Lamar, who Alex, who's on his phone right now. Uh, you will know Phil Lamar 
right? From he, where? He plays Samurai Jack, among <gasps> other things. Oh. But he's he he's the voice of the guide. Uh the one that drives the bus. Yeah. The one that's like no, old lady, don't do it. Oh, that's really? him okay, because, yeah. And he's doing the same voice there as he does for Hermes in Futurama. I was okay. like, I was like, that's Hermes. And there it was just, there you it go. Was, it and I love the old lady. I love how they continued that. That's it was just hilarious. The fact that she's crazy and yeah. just absolutely destroys Alex in the one-on-one fight, and then the penguins just stealing it. Like, is she dead? No. And then they just gun it, try <laughs> her again. I think yeah, the penguins are the best part of this movie, and it's the only part I really remember of this movie. They are. Did you know? I watched it, Alex. What did you? Yeah, I have notes. You want me to read my no, notes? No, no. Connecticut is funny. Kind of rushed through opening. Farewell, Pansy is funny. Trans icon, Julian? Question mark. Mort is an internet. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way you have that written down. Because when he comes out of the, when he comes out of the cake, he's like, "I'm a woman. Does anybody like me to find me attractive?" <laughs> yeah, I wrote that. It's right here. And I love, I love when Mort's like King Julian. They're like, King "No, Julian. get him." Get him! Did you know Mort is like an interdimensional being in in lore? I, I <laughs> Mort is also very much like Scrat in Ice Age. There's very similar beats between the two characters. I would say he survived falling off a plane. Exactly, but it's awesome. Well, it's yeah, so because let me, let me let me look into this real quick. While y'all talk, I'll, I'll get your thing on it. What? Y'all talk, <laughs> and I'll get this handled. All right. Get, okay. Go ahead and get got it. it we got to figure it out. The Mort I, lore. He's getting into the Mort lore. Ah, yes. I really do like the whole opening and the flashback. I just feel like, again, you guys probably haven't seen this movie in a long time, which, again. Actually not true. Oh, really? When did you watch it? Uh, I got bored one day, and I was like, I need some background noise. So I put on a movie, and it happened to be that movie. I mean, the Penguins are great, but everything else just, there's... Like the Gloria Melman subplot is just weird. It doesn't really fit. The only the only good part about that is Motomoto's pretty funny. Girl, you huge. That's all I can say just over you're and chunky. over. You, you so plumpy, girl. And I'm like, what the Motomoto? And she, and Gloria's like, well, what about my personality? She's like, uh, uh, and then Melman just is dying. Or they can get yeah, exactly. He's dying. You, you've got a you've got a brown spot on your shoulder. Our last witch doctor had that too, and he's dead. And then he shows up later on. And then Marty goes through his whole identity crisis, and it's all cured when Alex is like, "I like you, Marty." And it's like, okay. well, no, it was it was cured because they were having a falling out as friends. And then in the end, he's like, "I know exactly who you are. You're my best friend, and these are the reasons why." And then he's like, "I know it's you, Marty. I know it's you," because he turns ar- because he's turned around and he has a a bite mark on his back side because Alex accidentally bit him. In so that's how he yes. deciphered which zebras would. Zebra. I like that moment. I don't know. I. But if you, I just, I just wasn't convinced to be honest of any of it. Like at that point, I was just like so. I'd already wasted an hour. I was like, just give me the penguins again, man. I've already had to deal with Alex and his family's random nonsense that I just. The only, the only great part about Alex's family is that Bernie Mac voices his dad, and we love Bernie Mac. I love Bernie Mac. Yeah. This one was actually dedicated to him because he passed away, I believe, before this film was released. So if you learn about Mort and All Hail King Julian, the Netflix series, it is revealed that Mort is a species that can absorb other mor- mor- Morts in the multiverse or Mortiverse. <laughs> However, Smart Mort and later Groovy 60 Cult Mort, also known as Hippie Mort, also are two alternate versions of Mort created by him due to the effects of both coffee and tea. And if you go to his family on his page, there's Grandpa Mort, Granny Mort, two unnamed siblings, Zora, Pam, uh, Mort's grandchildren, uh, and ten unnamed deceased ex-wives. So Mort is an interdimensional being that has lived many lives. Incredible, Davis. Yeah. That's awesome. Also, I was reading through my notes, and I wanted to call out the line where 
the Penguins are trying to rebuild it and they don't have the monkeys. And Private yells out, darn you, Darwin, because he doesn't have any thumbs. And <laughs> Skipper's like, we need thumbs. And then, and then uh, the monkey's like, I recruited some additional help. And then there's like hundreds of them. <laughs> They're so there's the best part of the movie. Oh That's my why gosh. I'm glad they got their own TV show. I used to watch the TV show. And as then a kid. the TV show was funny, man. And then the dog is shot and he's like, Medic or whatever. And that's so funny. Spit oh my grit god. And a whole lot of duct tape. Sixty nine months? No, six, six two, two nine, nine months. months. <laughs> <laughs> they're so funny. They are. They're, like when they're crashing the planes like touch the ground so soft like you're kissing your sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, so I, I got the full the full quote which is crazy. Gently now, you just want to kiss their own. Just a little peck. A smooch like you're kissing the sister and then there's a like a tire scratch sound effect and it just hits it. I I thought that was so so funny. And then again before that they're like just doing like the all right, this is your captain speaking. He's like, pretty your personal god, this hunk of junk flies. And I was like, wait a minute, what? And that's There's what I'm saying. They're the funniest part of it. I swear it's like a, it must be like a comedy troupe just improving because they're hilarious. There are so many bits going on in the background with them that are hilarious. I cannot. His whole bobblehead wife. Yeah. That made it all the way to the end of the movie. <laughs> they yeah, because they had to duct tape her because because um, what's his name? Kowalski or no? Was it Kowalski or Rico's got this the duct tape immediately? That's what I'm saying. Spit grit and a whole lot of duct tape. It's so, so good. And then I even like early when Melman's like, San Diego, this time I'm 40% sure after, of course, botching it the first movie. Yeah, they're funny. The rest In of my them, notes, though, I wrote San Diego joke. I'm not sure what that means. It must have been a bo- <laughs> joke about San Diego being bad or something. Well, no, no. They just so in the first movie, the joke is like, Melman's like, we're in San Diego, and they're obviously not. And then later on, they go back to that a few times about. Mm. They're in Madagascar. Oh. And then. <laughs> there's also a Roots reference. As well, like Kunta oh, Kinte Roots. Yeah, right. What does he say? I, because I, I remember I was like, "What the?" I mean, Roots. See, we're doing. Oh the yeah, thing no, because of earlier. Because Alex is like, "This is like deja vu," and 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 Marty's like, "This is like Roots, man." He's like, "No, no, it's it's like deja vu, like like I've been here before." And then like somebody <laughs> interrupts, he's like, "No, no, no, it's like deja." That part was pretty funny. Ben Stiller was pretty great. The ca- the voice cast is really really good. I'll say that. And again, the movie. It was a pretty big commercial success with that voice cast behind it. It made $603.9 million, the sixth highest grossing film of 2008, and again was dedicated to Bernie Mac. It's big accolade. It won the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Award for Best Animated Film. Yeah. I was probably watching that Kids' Choice Awards. I'm not going to – Kids' Choice Awards are crazy, but Megan Kids' Choice Award fan. I wasn't allowed to watch Nickelodeon. You can tell. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Evil. <laughs> War damn. Uh, radio. That's okay. She can say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. okay. We're okay. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're allowed. Um, okay, well, now. Uh, originally, this film was going to be called The Crate Escape, which is what the first film was going to be called, but then they changed it to Madagascar Escape and then the number two Africa. I think it would be funny if every other movie they were going to call it The Crate Escape over and over again. That would be a funny bit. Well, no, because, like, so I had a DVD where the, fir- the first film was advertised and they called it, originally it was called The Crate Escape, not Madagascar. It was just called The Crate Escape. It's a reference to the movie The Great Escape. Probably, yes. No, Alex, not pro- <laughs> It literally is. <laughs> Davis? I know. It's like that, you know what? <laughs> no, but I, I think, again, I do love the, uh, ooh, we got to put the number in the title of the movie. That's a classic. Yep. Obviously, Too Fast, Too Furious. We'll be talking about that a little oh, later on. Also, Fast for y'all, man. this movie's propaganda for We Bought a Zoo, along, or Zoo propaganda along with We Bought a Zoo. 
Which the second one's going to be called We Bought It Too. So it's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> How is this zoo propaganda? Wouldn't it be like anti-zoo propaganda? Well, no, because no, they like, want to get back like, to the I zoo. I want to go back to the oh, zoo. So right, right. Africa's so scary. Let's go back to the zoo or whatever. My bad. No, man. That, you know, that, yeah. They were out from the zoo for so long that they seemed they, like they like it. you know. Yeah. But I forget they're trying to leave the whole time. Yeah. Also, um, I want to say I forgot that right before the dog gets shot, Skipper says, "Men, there is no sacrifice greater than someone else's." He's so—they're <laughs> all so, so funny. funny. I cannot. I love it so, so, so much. Even Rico, who doesn't even have lines. Exactly. He's and that's John DiMaggio. He makes like the—he makes like sound. And, and he also makes the because then he has to you know, cough up his his infinite supply of of ammunition. That's so funny. I might go watch Pinkles of Madagascar later. I'm the show that, or the movie? The, the movie. Show. The movie was actually a movie? not. Yeah. Because there's because there's, there's, there's a two of them, that, and they're like with like Norma the North or whatever, and um, no, yeah, not Norma was, the North, no, they were like secret they're, agents. They were the secret agent I organization. Know, I the show called the North, and and there's a there's a scene where where Skipper is eating Cheetos, and he's like it's just a really loud oh, slow that. eat, no, I remember and that. then it cuts back to when there's more Cheeto dusters all over his face. Is that not from the show? No, that's no. from the movie. Honestly, that movie wasn't that great. I think the show was much better. The show was awesome. Show was crazy. Watch, yeah, yeah. I say no, no Nickelodeon nope, for you back no in the day. Yeah, we gotta find you some Nickelodeon, man. This is, this is downright pitiful. I tell, you, I tell, you, I tell you what. Um, oh, I, lo- I love the Moto Moto. The name's so nice. You say it twice. Even though I can't remember what they said Moto Moto means. They 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 said what it meant. And I, I can't remember what it what it meant. But that's that's unfortunate. Any other things you want to say about this movie before before we? Uh, oh. Uh, Julian, as you said, trans icon question mark. Also, um, hot hot means hot hot. Ah, there you go. He's a, clearly a big fan of authoritarian government because at one point he says, whatever happened to the separation of classes? <laughs> and then Maurice says, I'm sure this democracy thing is just a little fad. So funny, man. Very funny. His, his king, Julian. Exactly. And he wants them to worship him. When he, he's going to go sacrifice Melman to the volcano. He convinced all of them that they need to sacrifice so someone easy. in a volcano. You take away some water for one second. People are like, ah, yes, cult, cult activities. Why don't we go ahead and give this movie a rating? Because we probably got to move on to movies that'll have more discussion. I'll say six and a half. I go to flat six. You're a little eager for that. Who? Sutton? No, you, Davis. Give uh, it the number, Sutton. Yeah. I, I'll give it a, a solid seven. I just think the plot was not the best. The, the big plot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bernie Mac was good. Megan. I'll refrain. I haven't watched it since I was in like middle school. That's fair. What That's do you mean you didn't watch? You brought all these it on movies? the show. So you watched the dang movie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, you better be kidding. Anyway, moving on to our third film today. This <laughs> Kung Fu Panda Stu, Stu, 2, starring Jack Black, Angelina Jolie, Gary Oldman, Michelle Yeoh, Seth Rogen, Lucy Liu, David Cross, Jackie Chan, James Hong. That's right. Everything Everyone Wants is James Hong, among many, many other incredible roles. Dustin Hoffman, Dennis Haysbert, Jean-Claude Van Damme, <gasps> Victor Garber, and Danny McBride, directed by Jennifer U. Nelson, written by Jonathan Abel and Glenn Berger, the writers for the first film, edited by Claire Knight, music from the incomparable Hans Zimmer and John Powell, the duo behind Uguay Ascends. Nope. Anyway, I will. I will. A Hollywood premiere on May 22nd of 2011 before releasing on May 26th. It was a perfect 90-minute film, and again, another film that cost $150 million to make. Yeah, this movie pretty good. I haven't watched the first one in so long, though. I need to watch it on HBO Max. It's fine. Uh-oh. It's, it's literally, I'm like not even being like a, oh, it's bad, so I'm saying it's fine. It's literally just fine. I'm with you on that one. Like, this is the one I have the least, I have... Six bullet points of notes on it. With you on that one? No, no, no. I thought you were talking about the first movie. You're talking about this movie? Yes. Kung Fu Panda 2. All right, we'll get there. 
You've got Kung Fu Panda One. I haven't seen that in a long time, but I remember it's liking on HBO it. Max. I need to watch it soon. I Kung like Fu Panda Two. One better. It's fine. Oh, there you go. Hot takes here. You said you had your six points. What do you got for us, Davis? It, not points. I just have notes. Oh. I said weird how Dustin Hoffman is, dude. Like the animation for flashbacks, which I do. The flashbacks for his parents. The, I like the, the animation. T- the 2D mixtures, the colors. Yeah. Uh, I wrote. <laughs> Kind of slay of DreamWorks to have an adopted father storyline that isn't played for a laugh or anything. Like, it just is, and they love each other all the same, which I agree. But the way, I don't know why I wrote kind of slay, because that's not something I would say. <laughs> Davis, Davis was out here. DreamWorks had him in, in the spin cycle calling Julie, gonna, or Julian a trans icon. He and is now a this. trans icon. I was probably writing with my, with my brace on, so it was harder to type. <laughs> so I was just like, this right. is easier to say than I like this. Adoption story made me tear up. I'm such a baby, I wrote. That's sure. almost the whole plot, so I'm glad it actually hits you. <laughs> I like that it's respectful of Chinese culture so far as I can tell. So that actually relates to something we can talk about a bit later because I found a little note on that entire exploration. And I like the last thing I wrote, I don't like it undermining its cool moments with a joke about how dumb Poe is. Just let him be cool. That's my biggest gripe with the first movie. But this movie tones it down in my opinion. So he I, did it a lot in this one. Like he's like he looks so cool standing on the building, he like threw that hat. I was like hat. Yeah. No, I, that definitely ruins the moment for me too, but it also is the character that yeah. he is. So you're you're kinda saying you don't like the main character, so I, I can't well, I No, I, I don't, don't like what they I like that he can be dumb, but like Dumb people can be cool. I think. I think what he Davis is cool, but there's but the they mix. always undermine it. If if I could encapsulate specifically what Davis is trying to say, I think he didn't find it. And again, we haven't seen it in a while, and I don't personally find it an issue in the first film because the tone of that movie is more consistent. This one is a movie about genocide, and therefore I I think it would fit better if it reflected that tone at more points. Now, of course, again, there it gives more breath for those serious moments, but so so I'll. I'll might I step in here? Sure. So I completely agree with you um, with that, but it's a kid's movie. I was I like it so much because it is a kid's movie, but at the same time takes the time to go, like it doesn't step around the fact that it is actually panda genocide that uh, exactly. is it's the crazy, whole man. point of the movie. But, I mean, there there has to be moments of comic relief. It's just... Oh, yeah, there does. But, like, you can have those, but, like, like it part two has the issue where like there's like a genuinely scary moment with it with Pennywise. I'm like, oh that was cool, and then like, oh guys, that was scary. And I was like, well, you just kind of ruined that scary moment by like pointing is like, oh that was scary, and then it'll be like, I just did something cool, but I messed up because I'm so silly and dumb. Like let him be cool, and then you can make a joke like mid fight where he's like, oh you glad I made it, and he hits him with a belly. Like that's funny. That's how I feel about it. I think that's fair. I think, I mean, you know, to each their own. That's also admittedly a problem that I know me and you, Davis, both have with the MCU is a very is a very common um, yeah. trope of any time it gets serious, it's like, no, actually, we have to quip about this in some form or another. You just can't let you sit with anything serious for too long, which yeah. is a kid's movie, and I recognize that. But, but I think there is also a certain movie we're going to talk about a little later on that is also a kid's movie that deals with a certain serious plot that may or may not let it sit, let it breathe, and who knows. I'm alluding to that a bit here and there. What can I say? Um, Suddenly, if you you may continue to go on, of course. Uh, I just think I completely agree with the whole hat thing. That ruined the whole. Yeah, it was, scene he was like, for me I was like, "This the, is awesome." This previous scene, if you haven't seen the movie, is he's finally realizing who he is as a person, like accepting that he is adopted and he doesn't Great know who scene. his parents are and that he lost his parents as a kid, and he's kind of getting over that. And it was super emotional. It actually watched it with Megan, and she actually cried. Uh, at this scene, um, it, super power, like, right, yeah. super powerful yeah. music, and yeah, I love the scene. True, John Powell, Hans um, Zimmer, they they bring it yet again as they always. And then the do. next scene, they kind of cut to this battle that he has, like they kind of time jump to him getting there, 
And then he's standing there kind of like ready to fight. And he's the last one, kind of like the last stand. And then he throws this straw hat that just doesn't do anything. Yeah. And it was just a little quip. It was like, I, 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 it definitely ruined that entire like motivation scene. Um, and not to mention, I'd say that I'm pretty sure he wears the straw hat because that is his last image of his dad is running away, leading or the last image of his dad was in a straw hat at least. So I never thought a, of that. The connection there, I, I kind of put that together as I was watching it this last time. I was like, huh? Because I mean, I wonder like why specifically does he need a hat if it's just for a dumb punchline that feels a little hollow in the in the overall scene? And I don't I don't think that's well, they would stoop to. So I think they were going for that. It might just be not as clear because, again, most of that flashback, you're so focused on the mother, you forget probably because, I mean, the dad has a brief appearance in the flashback, of course, before he has to, you know, do battle and stuff. I had a couple issues with it. Number one, there's just a plot contrivance that I don't really understand is when Shen, who is awesome, by the way, voiced by the great Gary Oldman. We love Gary Oldman. He's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Gary Oldman's pretty awesome. He blows up all of their ships, and then there's still more ships, and I'm like, how does that work? They respawned. I mean, clearly. But, like, I mean, I get it. You know, you need it for the final scene. That's, that's, there's two DreamWorks movies that have that kind of issue. One I watched recently was How to Train Your Dragon. One has that exact same problem, which, again, animation, like, it's fine. It's a kid's movie, whatever. That was just, I've always had that issue. I was like, where'd they come from? Like, why, how'd that make any sense? But I think, um, and this is something that we were sort of talking about a bit, Megan, um, beforehand. Probably one of the tougher issues is that I don't think anybody in this movie has anything to do. So, like, for example, Davis says, oh, it sounds like you don't like the main character. Sometimes you can – well, no, but that, that was sort of the retort. And your problem – one of your bigger problems might be with what's happening with the main character. And part of that can be exemplified by the fact that if there's not a lot going on for everyone else, there's not a lot to go to. For example, Shrek 2 we just talked about. Even if you don't like Shrek, you've got Puss in Boots, Donkey, Fiona, uh, the King and Queen, Prince Charming, the Fairy Godmother. You've got a bunch of characters to latch on to. And this film – it's a Poe and a Shen story, which is a really good story to tell. And then the soothsayer is kind of just a means for the plot to move forward. And some funny punchlines. She's pretty funny. Voiced by Michelle Yeoh again. Mm-hmm. Everything you're all once cast is everyone in this movie, everybody. It's crazy. Um, but not really everything else. The rest of the Furious 5 doesn't have anything to do. Crane breaks his wing, but then he's fine by, like, the next two scenes. Mm-hmm. The one thing really is with Tigress and, like, hugging Poe a few times, but, like, Shifu doesn't really have a whole lot to do. And I think that's probably where it falls for me is that there isn't really a whole lot to break it up. And it's just because – it's not even because of anything else other than just comparing it to some of the movies we watched for this episode. They give their characters so much to do, and this film kind of doesn't. Megan, you want to touch on that a bit or anything? I agree. I okay. agree. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was, I was, you were just looking at me, so I was going to throw it to you. I'm just making eye contact. and. I think the animation is really good as well. Looks oh, really yeah. Great. Absolutely. I like the lighting and stuff. The color theory. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever noticed that between the movies, but Poe is always golden. And then in this movie, Shen was um, red the whole time. So there's a lot of red versus mm. gold. Uh, the third movie would be green versus gold. And the first movie, I think, was Tyler Purple. Yeah. Yes, uh, he was. So, yeah, there these are go. good. And also, this film again it grossed six hundred and sixty-five million dollars. It became the highest-grossing female, or excuse me, highest-grossing film directed by a female director until Frozen, as well as the highest-grossing film solely directed by a female director until Wonder Woman in twenty seventeen. It was the sixth highest-grossing film of twenty eleven. It was nominated for Best Animated Feature at the eighty fourth Academy Awards, losing to what movie, guys? Did it lose to what at year? The, uh, it was the two thousand eleven Academy Awards. I want to say. Mm, give me a hint. It stars Johnny Depp. Oh, Rego. Oh, 
Rango. Rango, yes, that's correct. Sutton. I love that movie. You, dis- you disappoint me with your lack of a response. Well, I was going to say Rango, but Davis said it first. Sorry. Mm. you got to be quicker on the draw. You if you've ever seen draw. Rango, you should know that. I've seen Rango plenty of times. Nelson- you got killer in your ass, son? I don't see it. Nelson also became the second female director to be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature after Marjane Satrapi for Persepolis in 2007. And like you said, Davis, the production crew showed increasing familiarity with Chinese culture in 2008 after the release of Kung Fu Panda. DreamWorks CEO Jeffrey Katzenberg and other DreamWorks members, including production designer Raymond Zeebach and director Jennifer Yu Nelson, visited the city of Chengdu, which is considered to be Panda hometown, apparently. So that's pretty funny. And then Zeebok recounted that the Panda Research Center influenced the movie in a big way, as did their experience of holding a month-old panda cub named Abao. That's pretty funny. Which gave the idea for Baby Poe in the flashback. Baby Poe's so cute. So cute. Eating a radish. Super yeah, exactly. sad, I, I'm, I decided to make a decision that would change my life. I stopped putting radishes in the soup, and I would keep using my son. That was oh, so, so good. Cute. So good, um, man. I would like to comment on your previous comments on kind of like the plot line where it's Shin versus Poe. Oh, yeah. Uh, I agree there's not many side plot lines with the Furious Five or uh, Shifu or any of that, but I think that's because it's supposed to be exactly um, these two characters who obviously have family trauma. Mm-hmm. Like, that's exactly the whole point is that they're both dealing with these issues. Um, Shin never resolves his because he's evil throughout the movie. He's honestly the reason I love this movie. He's crazy. He is honestly evil from the beginning in the explanation of the movie to when he kills his parents um, all Wait. the way – he killed his parents? Yeah. I didn't gather that. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure. Are you what? talking about Poe's parents? N- well, he killed Poe's parents. Well, I guess not his dad. Spoilers for the third movie. Um, I didn't think he... What? Well, that's how he usurped the throne from them. Well, no. He just he got banished, and then he just came back. And killed them, I'm No, but I, sure. I'm assuming they were not there, oh. is the point. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Because then, then he just has to kill the Kung Fu Masters. Uh, well, he definitely did that. Or kills uh, Master Rhino in his impenetrable defense. Well, he didn't kill that. Rhino. He just broke I'm his... I'm looking into it. What? No, that's right. He killed Rhino, but it was... Who were the two that Croc were left? and, Croc and um, uh, the other one, whatever. Ox, Master yes. Ox. Master yeah. Ox, Rhino, Master Croc. Rhino caught it. Yeah, he, 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 got, he got blasted. That's why I also like that they don't step around the fact of death in this entire movie. It's kind they of... They died like, of broken hearts after vanishing. Oh, okay. That's the my classic. The technically classic. killed them, Yeah, though. they technically killed him. Yeah. Star Wars. he came home with all the wolves. He's like, look at all these cool wolves. And they're like... And then he used the majesty of fireworks for evil. Mm. That's the and yeah, but and then the fireworks end up being beautiful, and one of the fireworks is a peacock, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Anyway, Gary Oldman loved his um, throwing knives as well. Like those are the coolest things ever to me. Um, Yeah, he was just a super cool character. Um, Evil, just pure evil. Uh, He didn't ever have her even to the moment when he was like talking to Poe in the very end. He, he he didn't have a coming to terms with his evilness. He's just like, how did you win? I thought I took everything from you. I thought I beat you. And he's like, and then he just kind of gets crushed, literally. Yeah. yeah. I think we can probably uh, move on from this one, I guess, just because, we again, we have two more movies to discuss, one that uh, might lead us into a very deep discussion, Davis, like I might imagine. So why don't we go ahead and give this one a rating? Uh, I'll I'll start. I'll go seven. I was going to go seven. Seven. Nine and a half. I love this movie. Very, very, very highly. Very nice. I'm going to do seven and a half again. Seven and a half again. Big, big fan of the seven and a half, Megan? Yeah. I'm from engineering school. These are good. So. These are good. 
These are good. Too. These get degrees, man. These get degrees. What? But aren't you, don't you have those weird great. teachers where like a, a hundred through an eighty-eight is an A, so then like a C is like actually those are the nice C's, teachers. C's great. Those are the nice ones. There you go. Then well, not, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. If you're if you have a child thinking of doing engineering, C's are great in engineering. So you should definitely <laughs> go ahead and give that give that a shot. Of course, I don't think I don't think we've C's covered the degrees, fact that man. it might be hard to get C's in engineering as well. But anyway, Kung Fu Panda two. That's our primary discussion on it. Now we move on to. Another film that features um, a certain friend of the show who does not like it. We'll talk about that a bit later, Megan, I imagine. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon 2, starring Jay Baruchel, America Ferreira, Gerard Butler, Kate Blanchett, Craig Ferguson. I forgot it was Craig Ferguson, man. That's pretty funny. Christopher Mintz Plus. What? Who does he play? Uh, he plays Gobber. Hmm. Which now, now I can hear it. Jonah Hill, TJ Miller, and Kristen Wiig. Jaman. Hansau as Drago, Kit Harrington, Randy Tom as the vocal effects for Toothless, written and directed by Dean DeBlow, edited by John K. Carr, and music from John Powell. What an absolute man he is. Incredible work on all the How to Train Your Dragon series. He is a genius. Another Cannes Film Festival premiere on May 16th, 2014, before releasing in the U.S. on June 13th of 2014. And Tied for the longest film of this episode at just an hour and 42 minutes. Man, it was so nice watching all these short movies before our next series, which is Lord of the Rings. Oh, goodness. Is that going to be on up. Thursday? Uh, yeah, we'll, make, we'll, we'll discuss later. We'll, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Uh, the film is the, ch- is the cheapest film so far, uh, just, a, just shy of $150 million at $145 million. Yeah, I really, really really like this movie. I watched it. I don't remember when I watched it recently. It was on Hulu, so that was nice. I didn't have to watch it on Peacock on the TV. Did you have ads? Uh, no, actually. Something, you don't hear a funny story about Hulu? Go ahead. On my Fire TV, every time I open Hulu, Hulu without, like, without fail, every time I open it, no matter if I'm like playing from the Fire TV like a movie that's on Hulu, and I'm like, play on Hulu, or like I go to open Hulu, it plays the pilot for Community. No matter what, like awesome. it, uh, Hulu opens and it starts playing the pilot for Community every single time. <laughs> like I don't know why, and I just have to like close it and go find the movie I actually want. Have you watched all of Community? Yeah, multiple times. I love it. Not on Hulu. You're, you're going through it right now, Megan. Right? Because you haven't finished it. Yet. No, I'm already. I'm watching Modern Family right now. Oh, my mistake, my mistake. Big, big Modern Family fan over here. Yeah, Modern Family's cool. Well, mm-hmm. where, where, what storyline are we on for Modern Family now? We're on the tenth season. Ooh. Yeah. It gets it gets a little rough around the edge at that point. I still like it. Well, there you go. There you go. Then you heard it here first, everybody. Um, you know, when I open up Netflix on my computer, it always opens to The Walking Dead. It's like play The Walking Dead, and I'm like, no. And then I click the back arrow, and it kicks me out of Netflix. So clearly, <laughs> clearly, Netflix has got some money invested. Yeah, but it doesn't play it. No, like it plays. Okay, yeah, the no, that, so like, that's every weird. time. Like I'll I'll try and watch Futurama, and like I just put on a random episode, and like a live action thing happened. I was like, I don't remember this, and then like. Dean, uh, whatever his name is, showed up. I was like, Dean Pelton. I was like, this is not Futurama. <laughs> it was a whole thing. There you go, man. I I really, really, really enjoy this movie, again, as a sequel for expanding the plot and everything. I think it looks really good because the first How to Train Dragon movie is a little rough looking at times. So, I mean, you were watching a little bits and pieces of it. I believe yesterday it was. I mean, it looks pretty good. Like uh, I think Toothless's animation is is really good for the kind of motion that goes into him. I just thought the characters looked a little goofy. Hiccup looks a little a little whack on a, in a few places, I would say. I, but, but I think it's like still is... Like goofier than the first? Or you just mean goofier? No, 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 in, in, in the, the first, first film movie. specifically, oh, okay. which is why I like the second one, because I think they really took a major step forward with it. Mm. Kind of like he hit puberty. <laughs> yes, because apparently he's 20 years old in this movie, which is crazy. 
In How to Train Dragon 2, Hiccup is 20. Then I kind of like that he's all lanky and goofy in the first It makes one. sense no, for his character. It's not, no, it's yeah. not the, like, I like him in this one more. No, so, so cool. it's not oh, even yeah. that he looks like lengthy and goofy. It's like the animation just looks like, like weird. Choppy. Okay, yes, yeah. like, like yeah, Stoic's beard moves in weird ways, and it just looks very like they didn't have enough yeah. money for it or they were just trying to figure out what it was, spo- what they, it was really supposed to look like. Because it just, it just looks... Like the dra- like, it looks like they spent all their money on the dragons. To be mm-hmm. quite honest with you, and the rest kind of goes by the wayside at times, yeah, which I'd is agree fine. Because like again, when the when the big one shows up at the end of the first one, you're like, oh, that looks awesome. But the people, like like, and and it's still the classic. We have one animation model of one person wearing one type of outfit because Astrid does not change her attire. None of them change their attire in the first film, and this one has some more variations to it. But yeah, I think this film expands it so so well. I. So watching this and Kung Fu Panda 2 back-to-back, because I watched them in order of release, one of the things I really, really loved about it is when it opens on the dragon race and Hiccup is not there, mm-hmm. and it kind of allows every other character to sort of shine in their own way without the main character. Because when the main character's on screen, that's who you're there to see, right? You're there to see Toothless and you're there to see Hiccup. But with that, you get to see the twins and their progression. You get to see um, Fish Legs and Snot Loud and their facial hair that looks horrible and the fact they're like i grew facial hair for you baby me too or whatever and it's so stupid and obviously astrid has gone from novice dragon racer to oh she's pretty good too and then stoic and gobber and you get all of them and then we get hiccup and toothless on their own and i think that was a really great choice to sort of allow everybody else to have something to do in this movie because it does rely on a lot of toothless and hiccup being separate from the rest of the main cast and i thought that was a really good choice by them should i watch how to train your dragon three uh, it's okay. I've only seen one time. I need to watch it again. He has a beard in that one. Yes, at the very end. Yes. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, not the whole time. The, the wrap up was cute in that movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I haven't seen. I've only. You know, I only saw it one time. I don't remember when I saw it. But again, that came out in theaters in 2019. So that was like wow. senior year of high school, freshman year of college. What's the main plot point of that one? Like trying so, to find other. Well, no. So in that one, um, Burke good. is getting overcrowded, and and Hiccup's like, I've heard of this place called the Hidden World that's Dragon Utopian. I'd like oh. to find them that place because. They also run into another dragon hunter, which is why it kind of is a little dicey because it kind of plays a bit of the same notes. Because obviously mm-hmm. Drago is in this movie, and he's sort of a dragon hunter. Now, Sick. We Love were talking him. with Bryn about that a few – I want to say it was last week. She does not like this movie um, for the way Dr- Drago is very one-dimensional. Megan, you said yeah, you sort of echo of that sentiment. With her. Yeah. In, in what way? I like. I think that's just why I don't love sequels in general that like – I don't know – you already started a good story, and so, like, for the sake of another story, you've got to just create another antagonist. And it's Obstacle. Just, I don't know. No, that's fair. And I think, watching back the first one, the first film is so, has such nuance to it because Stoic is kind of the villain of the first movie, in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, I'm, I'm going to kill all these dragons and hiccups. Like, no, I like this dragon. And there's that conflict. This is just dragon killer want to kill dragons, totally separate from the rest of the main characters. So, I think that's a fair criticism. But again, I uh, like they kind of hint at his um, depth to it because like he says that he wants to capture all dragons because a dragon took his arm and he wants to liberate humanity or whatever. But that's kind of all that it goes. He says that he like says that basically, but that's all the depth that it takes. I think it's hard to give so many characters dimension when it is a kids' film because kids aren't going to sit through a two-hour movie where they're explaining how a character got to the point where they're at. Which is why I think it's hard to comment on movies like this so in-depth like that. 
I think that's a fair point. I just think, again, it's part of it is because the first film did it so well with, again, the fact that there is no human villain other than the fact that it's his own father. And that's a nice plot point. I think that... Sutton's point here is that as a kid's movie, you just kind of be like, that's a bad guy. We don't like him. His, so his, his motivations don't have to be so complex like Thanos yeah. or anything. Good point. I do think the first movie's plot was like much better, though. Like I'm not going to sit here and say mm-hmm. that the plot was better in the second one. I think the first one did a great job with this. Yeah. I just really, really enjoy the way that it expands. I thought the whole introduction of his mom and also when Stoic and the mom meet, that is so good. So good. Stop being so stoic, stoic. So funny. Oh, that, that scene made me tear up. Yeah, because then... Gobber ruined it, though. Nah, yeah. man. I, you know, it's... It, it, Gobber, Gobber serves his purpose. And I, I, like, I think even then, like, the fact that she's, like, trying to explain why she did something, he's just not saying a word. The very bombastic, gigantic character voiced by Gerard Butler, no less, who famously kicked a dude off a... And, you know, Sparta and all that nonsense. Um, I, I've got tricked up there. Sparta. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I think the fact that there's that, and then again when he basically reproposes to her, that had me. I was like, I forgot that he does that. Basically, he goes down on the one knee again and says, "Would you be my wife again?" I'm like, uh, that was uh, a great scene. So good, man. So good. And then of course, I mean, the scene that makes this movie for me from a good movie to a great movie, Stoic's entire sacrifice and just the, I mean. You want to talk about comedy ruining a, a scene? There's not a single joke for about a ten minute period where they're just like, "Yeah, he's dead." Just depressed. Gobber made that scene with yes, his speech. Yes. Us. Oh my gosh, I wrote it down. Hold up, I wrote it down. I wrote down some of what yeah, he said. So that's, Look what you've done, son. I, this no, that entire scene inspired the way I will be buried when I die because I will have a Viking funeral. I need to shoot an arrow at a boat. Oh, geez. Alex, you're not going to be alive longer than I am. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's no, there's no need. No, but you I just, just don't a volcano. So I'm, I'm going, <laughs> it's up to you. Sacrifice. <laughs> I'm going back through and just some of the lines, obviously stoics first line to his wife is you're as beautiful as the day I lost. That's so good. That's a bar cinema. This is the, like the screenwriters hit with that, with that entire relationship between the two of them. And then even later on when they do the dance, which like, I love how, the song is not high in production value. It's like, yeah, it's just two people singing a song that they love singing. It's three not people, about three people singing a song. I guess Gobber is singing. Gobber is definitely singing. A song. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. Though. <laughs> um, no, I, I like how it's not about the production value. It's about the emotion of them singing. It's not about it being, you know, a, I need a hero sequence or anything like that. It's like, oh, it's just it's an all right song, but it's about what's happening between them that matters. And then. Again, he says after the dance, I thought I'd die before we'd have that dance. Oh, so good. So good. I love it, man. I can't I can't I can't say it. And then let's see. I wrote down what Gobber what Gobber said I thought. Um oh, I don't I don't want to read it. It'll be okay. I don't want to read that. People can look it but up. It's yeah, so good. It is okay, fine, I'll say it. Um huh. for a great man has fallen, a warrior, a chieftain, a father, and a friend. And then and then and then the, the music swells as they shoot the arrows. I just love this movie, man. I'm not gonna it's lie. Great movie. I wrote on the last bit of my notes, story isn't innovating a ton with its setup payoff on everything, but the story it tells is so good and the world with it is so good. It's just a good movie. Absolutely. I think that go. sums it up very well. There you go. I also love Hiccup's evolution to like being just awesome, like with, oh, the, cool. with the sword he's and everything. Cool. He's, he's like, he's him, man. It's awesome. Because like, there's the, oh, Dragon Master joke made or whatever, but then he is. Because like, when he gets Toothless back, they just, they just go to war, and it's awesome. And Toothless goes Super Saiyan. Yes, yes, Because yes. I think that's the first time they actually violate the, what was it, seven shots law? Yeah, because in, in the first movie, they established that like most dragons have like a limit number, and I'm like, oh, okay. Or they have to like recharge or something. Which I guess technically we don't know what a Night Furies is because nobody ever would have No, it. I think they definitely say it. Like, I, I'm pretty sure, because I remember doing this research um, about it and 
having a talk with a friend about it who was more into the movie than I was. Andrew. I I don't think him. I don't think they ever did though because they don't they they've never captured a night fury. I mean even in the first movie they have a they have a picture like the page of a night fury doesn't even have a picture. It's like speed unknown, power unknown. It's like the perfect encapsulation of lightning and like darkness or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, um yeah, I I agree with you that the story's not so innovative, but I think it does enough for me that is really worth it in my mm-hmm. opinion. And again, like the, I also have a few plot criticisms like i think the fact that drago like eat like he has an ego so he's like oh hiccup give it a shot to get toothless back and then once he starts to get him back he just kind of sits there mm-hmm. and like lets it happen i'm like okay I-, I don't really know about that and then even later on once the alpha is dead all the dragons don't immediately get get hypnotized but then they do later i don't know there's just little things where i was like that kind of doesn't really make much sense to me. but again i think th- i think i think you know what the emotional beats hit well enough I would say, even if you don't like Drago, Megan. <laughs> exactly. All I'm gonna say is Bryn is wrong. I know you. I know you defended her point, but I, this is a litmus test for her to make sure she listens. Well, I call her <laughs> out and say that. I really, I really do think that. Also, again, like part of the problem is again that on top of it having to finish off a sequ- uh, uh, or continue the story of a first movie, it also has to compare to a first movie, and the first movie is really, really good, and it's hard to compare to that. However, apparently, um, the director. Dean DeBlow came on and said that he drew inspiration from Empire Strikes Back and My Neighbor Totoro as the main inspirations and expanded scope of the Empire Strikes Back being particularly influential, which I think that's a good point. I like the whole mapping sequence and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But anyway, any other things we have to say about How to Train a Dragon 2, how it made us feel or whatnot? Davis is clearly very hungry. No, I'm ready to talk about Puss in Boots too. <laughs> the Alpha Dragons were cool. That's the last yeah. thing I'll say. I agree. Cool cool lore there. Let's give I it a agree. rating then. I'm going to give it a solid, I think I think an 8 was where I, where I sat I down with it. Eight. I think I have to give that an eight and a half. I liked it. I'm getting an eight. Really? Not not a, not a seven point five. You're going you're going up to the B territory. Yeah. yeah. Very very rare for you mechanics. Maybe we engineers. convinced her. Maybe we convinced her. Did we? No, I was going to say eight beforehand. Okay. We convinced her to go higher. I liked than it. I just love the first one. What were the first the one? The first one in your would eyes? probably be like a nine and a half. I love the first it. one is awesome. Anyway, um, so with that, why don't we move on to um, well. Oh, also, one last thing. How to Train Dragon 2 lost to Big Hero 6 at the Oscars. Hmm. Big Hero 6 is good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. That one made me cry. Also predictable, but it is what it is. That's fair. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Yes, Davis. Yes, yes this, this Davis. This we had this episode, so I'd like to be able to talk about it we, before we have to get out We're going to be fine, Davis. Antonio Banderas, Salma Hayek, Harvey Guilin? Let me look. Oh, Guillermo from we What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Har- Harvey uh, Guillen, I'm going to... Er, Gian, I'm it's say. okay. Florence Pugh, Olivia Coleman, Ray Winston. Uh, yeah, Florence oh, she's Goldilocks. Yeah. Samson Kayo, John Mulaney. How can you forget that? Wagner Mora, Davine Joy, Randolph, uh, Kevin McCann, Betsy Sidero, Conrad Vernon again shows up as Gingy, and Cody Cameron shows up as Pinocchio. Shrek and Donkey make non-speaking appearances. It's directed by Joel Crawford and co-directed by Juan Wiel Mercado. Written by Paul Fisher and Tom, Tommy Swerdlow. Cinematography from Chris Stover. That's the first animated film we've had a cinematographer listed for, which I think is very interesting. Edited by James Ryan and a score from Hater Pereira. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not good with names, I'll admit. Just come back next episode and say what you got wrong like you normally yeah. do. <laughs> That's true. The film was released uh, at the Lincoln Center premiere on December 13th, 2022, before getting a U.S. release on December 21st, 2022, or 
2022, excuse me. And it is all the same length as How to Train Dragon 2 at one hour and 42 minutes. This movie. <laughs> Goodness me, oh my. I Davis. forgot it came out around Christmas. I know. So that that's what we're going to talk about specifically uh, a, a little later on. Davis, you you were leading the charge at Weagle for Puss in Boots The Last Wish. Yeah, you, because it's the best You were Dreamworks watching sequel. it totally legally um, around First the of Weagle. all, uh, I saw it before that. I know, I know. But then you were watching it again. Totally. Yeah, I wanted to. Totally legally. Apparently, you can watch it on TikTok. Uh, I, heard, I heard about that. And I didn't yeah. watch it. Puss in Boots The Last Wish. I want to circle back to you for a moment because one of the things that I uh, said about this movie is that it really is an example of the power of word of mouth reviewing. Mm -hmm. But simultaneously, the marketing was not great, in my opinion. So what led you to go see it? Because I wasn't going to see it. TikTok. The beauty of TikTok, everybody. Yeah. I saw like clips from it on TikTok and people were talking about it. I was like, this looks awesome. I'm going to go see this. And I saw it. I was like, it was awesome. I told everybody it was awesome. I got you all to go see it. So, yeah, it's true. What was the movie that was out at the same time that everyone was super excited to go see, and then everybody else was like, yo, screw that movie? Avatar. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what it was. Because this ran right next to Avatar, which is why its box office yield is by far the lowest of any film that we're going to talk about today. It was the cheapest film, but it also only made $475.5 million. However, considering the marketing budget that was put in, which did not seem – because I didn't really know this movie was coming out. Like, I swear I didn't see much of any marketing – from the corporate side. Now, Twitter and TikTok and social media told us all it was coming out, but I did not see anything from that. So, again, to make that much money is very, very, very impressive. Davis, you you, you were begging me to get here. Uh, so First of all, who are you to say? Uh, I thought you were going to have more fun facts and stuff to read off. But uh, I mean, if no, we want to get into what we I think just want, about I just want to jump. I don't want to ruin my fun fact before we get before we get. We got a lot of things. Well, this movie is the best DreamWorks sequel. I would also might wager to say it's the best DreamWorks movie in general for me. Uh, best animation, certainly. Best, very Into the Spider-Verse inspired. Yes, I think it's the best story for me. Uh, very interesting themes. And uh, it's just, it's so, it's so good. I the, mean, it's the best villain by far. Uh, I think it's the best story. Who's the villain? Death. There's three of them. That's the thing, though. There's Death. There's Little Jack or Big Jack Horner, and then there's also technically Goldilocks. I, w- I wouldn't count her. She was just well, a, a great. She, she was an antagonist there for a little bit. Technically supposed to be on the team of Puss in Boots. In a way, she was, but she, they were competing for the wish. I would agree. Yeah, I think so. I think makes her an antagonist. But Death is the main one. Death is the coolest one. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best. The Whistleman. Oh my. The the way I popped in the theater when he when he showed up again when they were in um when they were fighting Jack Horner's crew in like that desert area and the whistling starts I was like uh oh big man about to pull up and start and start and start destroying people it's so awesome I mean Megan you and I were in the theater Davis had talked it up a lot and I had told you that Davis talked it up but I don't really know what we expected and then we watched it I mean I was in shock at how much I enjoyed this movie how how was your experience seeing yeah. it upon not hearing anything about it. I loved it, too. I never watched the trailer before you take me to the movie, so I didn't have any expectations. I didn't see but, a trailer either because I didn't know there was um, a trailer. I guess I'd, I thought it'd be goofier. I thought it'd be more Shrek Shrek universe, but, I mean, it was really nice. I, I thought it did a good mix of everything. Absolutely, and I think it's a pretty good sequel to the first movie that I didn't think was that good. I was going to ask you I don't seen remember the first it movie. at all. I saw it, like, once or twice. We it had was, it on DVD, so I watched it, was, it quite a few times. It was fine. It was all right. I, I enjoyed it. What, it was I, decently serious, I was young, though. Yeah. No, but that's what I thought was interesting is that it didn't really fit in the Shrek universe because the first film, like, Shrek is very much, like, not a true, it's a serious movie, sure, at times, but it's, you know, the whole point is that it's poking fun at fairy tales, and that one is sort of just, like, twisting fairy fairy tales a bit, like, oh, there's Humpty Dumpty and there's Jack and Jill or whatever, but I don't think it 
it went far enough to go in the Shrek vein that I think it could have. And this movie does more, obviously, with Jack Horner and his many mythological fairy tale um, weapons like the the sword in the stone where he just ripped out the stone with it or whatever. <laughs> Which that's what I really like as well, Davis. You mentioned it and Sutton, you brought it up too. Who is the villain? I like how each villain kind of plays their own role of what you expect a great villain to be. So, right, because you've got, like, the hallmarks of a great villain is that you've got this the blatantly menacing evil one that is um, Jack Horner, obviously, because he's just horrible, and that's his whole point, is that he's terrible. And then you've got the wolf, who is more of the, not morally gray, but almost for a noble-ish cause, kind of, you know, because he is literally death. Like, that's he's just fulfilling his duty to go after a man that's cheated death and trying to get paid and then you've got exactly this gray character that is goldilocks and they and rather than trying to put those all in one character and risk missing them they just make three mm-hmm. and cover all three of your bases to where you get everything that you want to get because you're you watch one antagonist do one thing you got one to do another and then you go to goldilocks and the three bears when they go and have the vision in the log cabin the what, log cabin what about kitty softpaws she's an antagonist and she's awesome so glad Kitty Sawpaw's in this movie. Tom and, and their entire dynamic between hit her and Puss in Boots and the fact that they were going to get married and that man just didn't show up. Mm-hmm. That was she crazy. Didn't she didn't show up either. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, exactly. He that. didn't know that. He didn't know that, though. Which is pretty funny. How did she know that he didn't show up? I'm sure she Was she behind him on a higher mountain? Oh, that could <laughs> <watching> <laughs> <down on> the- <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that sounds like something they could put in the movie. That, that really that, does. That would have been awesome. I would have I loved to see that. And then obviously we get Puss's panic attack, which is panic like... Panic attacks. Multiple, yes, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I I just remember that one specific scene where he's like the Very, um, yes, Very where good. Perito is having to like calm him down. And he's like under the tree. That's just such a good representation of that. Oh, and so good. I think just think the scenes of Very like good. just his hair raising in general. Just it looks amazing. It absolutely does. The 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 yeah the animation is incredible. <laughs> I might go watch this when I get home. Ah. I have the I have the Blu-ray. I'm thinking about Blu-ray. Wow. I just got I just got the Father on DVD. So maybe I have to watch that. Oh wow. I watched it on Peacock. Um, not on Finley's Peacock, for sure. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, it's also going to Netflix soon, apparently. So that that's probably like a deal that they've that they've signed. So take that take that with what you will. Death is by far the coolest. I don't know. Hundred percent. It's he's so. I can't say that. His intro. He's so cool. Exactly, and I love the. Pick it up. Yeah, like, I love the fight when Puss is like, how dare you? And then he just knocks the sword. He's like, you're done, kid. Yeah, the way he just wouldn't kill him. He, yeah. he, he would, he was you like, want him to fight. He's you have toying to with fight him, man. Oh. He's, he's playing with his food. And he man. runs. It's, and it's a parallel between running from the, the marriage and running from death. Oh. And running from he's, everything. The, the, when he gets scared, he runs. But he's never scared until those two things happen. Oh, there you Life go. and death. I also, one of the things that really surprised me about this movie is that I'm going in, you know, and we're, what? He was just he was reacting to my that my was poetic. Idea. It was, was poetic. It was, it was very nice, Davis. It was one of the things that I really enjoy about this movie more than excuse me more than most is the fact that one I don't think I was bored for a single part of it except maybe the doctor scene ran a second or two long. I thought that's like two minutes into the movie. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna no. You're not allowed to say you're <laughs> bored at that. It, the movie's just started. Yeah, no. and I, I thought that scene was a little. It ran a bit long. Davis, no, I'm complimenting no, 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 I'm the movie. I'm not letting this happen. Are you serious? <laughs> it's like you know, I I really wasn't scared. I was first really, of all, no, look, that scene is about ten minutes in the movie, but it's not I'm making two fun of you. Let me make fun of you. Okay, yeah, go ahead. You know, I'm not really bored anytime in Empire Strikes Back, except when he's in the cave with the Wampa. That's really it, though. That's like the start of the movie. Get yeah, over it. Um, but the cave and the Wampa scene is awesome. Get over it. Yeah, it's a good scene. Anyway, the doctor. Scene, what the I, doctor? The doctor. Uh, 
doctor, barber, veterinarian, something like chiropractor, I think he says, and then comedians. Are I just thought it saying. ran a little long is all. That's all that I said, Davis. But before you interrupt me, I was going to make a point that outside of that, throughout this whole movie, like I expected Perito, for example, to be the annoying side character that's been in every animated movie since the dawn of time, it feels like, and has lately gotten more absurd. Obviously, Olaf is one of the most iconic characters, and he's a side character, the dang chicken in Moana and whatnot. And I, I was fully prepared for that character to have that same exact role, and then he doesn't. And he just talks about, oh, yeah, the time they threw me in a sock in the river with some rocks in the bottom. I was like, what the? We, like, were in shock in the theater when that happened. I couldn't believe that they, that they dropped that line on us. So that was one of my most favorite parts about it is that it kind of just – when you expect it to go into those classic animated film tropes that DreamWorks movies lately have become a problem with. For example, we're not talking about every DreamWorks sequel because the Boss Baby trilogy is not getting involved in this. Nor is the Spirit uh, sequel. Yes, there's a sequel there to Spirit. There isn't a sequel. There is not a sequel. That's, That's true. propaganda. Propaganda is fake. My head cannon, there's no sequel. Yeah, if, if, it's, yeah. if, it don't, if it doesn't have Matt Damon, oh, I don't want it, man. I'll tell you that much. Um, Whose voice is Spirit? I don't know, man. Let me I look. Don't think th- I don't think it has a voice because there's main characters that are humans Oh, they now. turn into horses. They go, <laughs> He was a horse the whole time. Oh Lord! Oh my Lord! What? What movie was I watching? Um. So the oh, person... Spirited Away isn't Spirit. That never mind. It was, a, that was so, an yeah. awful joke. <laughs> I know. Um. It if looks, you went with it, it could have been funny. It looks like nobody voices. That's what Sutton was saying. It, there's they're literally horses. Like we researched what? it. The, the horses they they actually put horse had horses make all the noises, which made us wonder. Me and Megan were watching this. Mm. We're like. How did they get the horses to make the like in pain the sounds? Yeah, <laughs> I just did... slapped it. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Alex. Anything? Yeah, I uh, about about. I'll start. I was looking into spirit. I know you were. Um, well, yeah, because I, I did. I know research. you were. I, kn- I didn't say there's anything derailed. wrong. Derailed. Well, what else do we have to say on Puss in Boots: The Last Witch? What were some of y'all big takeaways? Anybody? Anybody at all about? Obviously, Davis, you've covered a lot of it extensively. Uh, uh, this movie's amazing. A lot of the transit, just in general, the shots were cool. Composition was cool. A lot of the transitions between shots were cool. Were like that when they first got to the the wishing area and like it show their heads and it zoom in and then it show the next character and it keep it really cool. And I also liked how you pick up the map and it changed the scenery so dramatically. That, that was a that really was, cool a very very idea. inventive story. Very cool concepts. Again, like I, think, I wonder what ours would be. What about uh, Jiminy Cricket being uh, being with Jack Horner? That was <laughs> and the guy definitely doing the James Stewart impression. Be like, well, gee, Sparta, what are you doing here, or whatever the heck? That was hilarious. That was good. That was Thank good. Alex. That yeah, was good. no, that's actually that's not my James Stewart's impression. That's an impression of Dana Carvey doing a James Stewart impression. <laughs> <laughs> Does James Stewart do Jiminy Cricket? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So James Stewart was in um, A Wonderful Life. He's in Rear Window. Very, very big actor in the 40s. And I believe he did Jiminy Cricket, I want to say. I want to know. So, yeah, who played Jiminy Cricket? Because that was definitely just a, oh, it was Kevin McCann. Okay, as Ethical Bug, a parody of Jiminy Cricket who attempts to act as Jack Horner's conscience. It was so funny. I'm your conscience. I can't do it. You can can stick to it. I'm your conscience, Jack. It's so funny, man. I love it. Uh, That, like. That was very Shrek, though, is that it's very clearly Jiminy Cricket, but they're like, oh, it's not Jiminy Cricket, guys. I swear it's not Jiminy Cricket. Davis. You want something interesting about yes, this movie? I do. Plans for a sequel for Puss in Boots from 2012. Right, yeah, I was, I was researching about that. Started when executive producer Guillermo del Toro shared plans to take the titular character, Puss in Boots, of course, on an adventure to a very exotic locale, and also stated a couple of drafts for the screenplay were completed. 
Work on the sequel began in 2014. According to Banderas, the film's title was announced as Puss in Boots, Nine Lives and Forty Thieves in June 2014. It's a pretty cool title. That but then it was cool kind of stuck in development hell. But here we are now. We got it. It's awesome. It's inspired by a lot of westerns, of course. Good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, so when did Into the Spider-Verse come out? That was a 2018 production. Yeah. Okay. Because I wonder if they were going to like... If they were planning on animating it in a similar style before, I think when they they had the idea for it, then 2014 it just got stuck in development hell until like 2019 after Spider Verse. They're like, huh, interesting. That <laughs> yeah, cool. and and um, it was announced that the film would be helmed by Bob Parachetti, who was one of the he- heads or who had the story of the first film and was also one of the three directors for Into the Spider Verse before Crawford kind of took over. So I think that was. Kind of, and I think that's kind of where animation is heading. Is now that we have such incredible tools to, because first animation was going for realism, like the first f- er, film, Puss in Boots looks really, really good. But now it's like, okay, we we can build realism. How can we make it more caricaturesque? Yeah. Just, 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 how can we be inventive with the, with it? Because now, because for years it was how do we make it look good. Now it's how do we find ways to creatively change the medium and adapt it and try and new techniques it's like you know once the baseline of art is done you want to innovate you want to try and take it to the next level and i think that's where it's going now because we know like lion king 2019 shows that we know we can make things look as real as we need them to look now it's how can we make them look more just have more personality to them among many many other things and i think that's probably some of its best uh traits to it also how about that tease at the end we got to talk about it going off to far far away <laughs> Gonna I'm just Shrek. saying. Shrek's in the I'm movie. Curious where that's gonna go. If the people in charge, I mean, thing is, this movie was a complete and total box office success, money wise. Issues, sure, but I mean, it had four straight weekends where it was pretty even, which is very, very rare for any movie, no matter what. So it has the it has the money behind it. If you put the same creative team that was in charge of this movie in charge of Shrek Five, I will be there. Mm-hmm. Opening night, it does not matter. I will be Megan. Be there. Yeah. Sudden. Be there. Be there? Uh, I wasn't listening, to be honest. <laughs> Issue of animation. Why? I don't know. What are you? What are you doing here? I was, I was thinking. I was. He was leave me alone. He was yeah, contemplating. Exactly. Man. Yeah, okay, it happens. Man. I think the issues of an- how the animation is going to look arises there. But yeah, it doesn't matter. Because I guess do you do you risk just completely changing the mold with Shrek and all of them, and also more? It would it will look completely different. The chaos but, that would ensue if that happened. Yeah, people are like, how dare you do? I mean, hey, would they go back and use the old like bad software? Oh yeah, it's like okay, got, dust off the computer in the, in the closet. All right, guys, bring it back out. So then it's just a meshing of Puss in Boots into the Spider Verse uh, animation with then also bad Shrek animation simultaneous. Now that that'd be awesome. How, uh, another fun thing about this, a few more, just fun little details, and every single one of Puss in Boots' deaths, you can see death in the background. Oh, yeah. Uh, and also, in all the that? cards, you can see death in the corner of like the cards for like his death thing. And another thing, uh, when Goldilocks is reading the book of like her fairy tale, if you read the first letter of each sentence, it says, like, you have already found your family. That's so... Oh, that's cool. Yes. Uh, I have a question about the, the his deaths in the crystal thing. Like, mm-hmm. you've seen all of them. Did he see nine? He saw eight. He's the ninth. Okay. okay. Yeah, because then he, he saw himself. I, I guess thought, I his... tried to count, and I thought I counted nine. I was like, I don't know which one is the one I'm. It was probably one. Of, if there was nine, probably one of them was reflecting himself. That's yeah. still alive. Like anything. the inevitable one that's coming. I guess. Yeah. That's what the whole movie crux is on. Is like the idea that oh, it's it's coming, man. Watch out. Now. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss something there because obviously I did because I didn't. I don't know if I saw death in all of them. Yeah. It, he's he's kind of hidden. 
but like he's there. He's I'll, like in the background of all of he them. He is always there. Yeah. And, and I gotta say, the fear I had when I thought Baby Bear was gonna die, I was like terrified. I cannot begin to describe how I, I was like, oh my god, they're gonna kill one of the characters. I wasn't ready for this movie. This movie had me in the grips. I mean, man. they I were was... killing characters the whole time. Jack Corner was <laughs> Jack Corner's crew <laughs> was <laughs> done. <laughs> Jack Corner said, "Oh, my crew." Like the the graphic ways in which they just got imploded and like all kinds of. Jack Horner is crazy. What John was, Mulaney does a really good job. What was the, the name of that group of the Baker's was, Dozen? That was what it was. It seemed like Great it was name. supposed to be so menacing, and then one at a time they just got off. <laughs> but that, that was the funniest part. Is that it's you, a you're not Chatty, Jack- are you? <laughs> no, he, no, I'm the, not. The one that he brought with him, the last one alive. He's oh not yeah, yeah, are you? That's, That's funny. Reference. Yeah, I, it, it's crazy how evil Jack Horner was, but I think he serves his purpose. I really, I really think it does. And again, just the voice cast does great. Antonio Banderas is awesome. That's why I kind of forget about the fact that, like, Antonio Barris does not talk like – because, you know, most voice actors just do their voice. But, like, Antonio Banderas does not sound like Puss in Boots if he just talks like Antonio Banderas does. If you've seen the Spy Kids movies, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I have. Um, or have you seen – Davis, have you seen uh, Delory Gloria? I have seen Delory yes, Gloria it's many so times. Good. It's such a good movie. Oh, that's one more thing. I wish I knew how to speak Spanish because I feel like I missed a lot of jokes. Like, I was picking out a lot of words that I knew, and I was some of them I caught, but mm-hmm. there were moments where they – they never subtitled it, which I kind of liked. Good. How about when they just like they're just like, yeah, we're just gonna bleep stuff out. That was hilarious. That took me out, man. I, I was like, there is no. The second way. I saw the blood coming down, I know that, sport, I was like, that, that was crazy to me when he actually got cut and had blood. I was about to text you because I was watching it at home. I was like, there's blood in this movie. This is it, man. Because even in Kung Fu Panda, I was surprised there was genocide, yeah. but no one ever bled. Yeah, exactly. Poe like gets they all get oh, hit the, with that cannon and they're the fine. Fear on Puss in Boots' face when like he sees the blood coming down his face and this hair stands on him and he runs. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna watch this later. This great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think it's. I got All right. Why don't we go ahead and give it a rating? Uh, nine and a half out of ten. Yeah. Uh, I give it a ten. I don't care. It's it's perfect. I'm gonna give it a nine. Nine and a half. Yay! Uh-huh. I give it higher one. than you, Davis. What what what's the what's the it's mar- a nine and a half? What's the what's the? There's nothing taken down. It's just a nine and a half. Interesting. I just think it's I, I could give it a ten. I don't have an I've issue given, with that. I've given I think four animated films a ten. Monsters Inc., uh, Lilo and Stitch, this one, and I think The Incredibles are the four movies that I've officially reviewed and given tens to. Which I have no problem with either, any of those movies being tens. I think I think people don't like giving animation movies because like this is the Guillermo del Toro point, right? Because as for those who saw this movie, did not win Best Animated Feature because it lost to Pinocchio, which I have not seen, but you missed on clips. I can. Thumbs up in terms of the art style and everything. But I think people just don't like giving animation like tens because they think they're all kids' movies. But if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. And if it if it does perfect in its medium, then it does perfect in its medium. Animation is as real of a medium as anything else. And if it's good, I'll give it a ten, like Monsters Inc. or Lilo and Stitch. Oh, I gotta watch Lilo and Stitch later. I think there's it's saying something when it is a kid's movie. But your parents can sit there and watch it with you and laugh at everything. Exactly. You, then, then as a, an adult, you're like, oh, now I get it. Because if you remember watching Shrek, like, were your parents not watching it with you? Like, my parents were. My Absolutely. dad loved that. Like, that, SpongeBob, a lot of animated things were for kids. But, it, it I mean, they, they're not all for kids, you know. It's still entertaining for all audiences. Exactly. And I think if it deserves a 10, it deserves a 10. If you think a movie's perfect, don't just give it down a marker because it's in a genre or whatever. If it's a, if it's great, it's great is all I'll, give it is a 10 all I'll say. Really? I give it, a, it just feels like a nine and a half, but I'll give it a ten. I mean, from, I, I, from that from that metric you're giving it, then it's a ten. Yeah, exactly. That, 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 that's how it that's just feels like a nine and a half to me. That, that that's that that's fair. Again, I'm not I'm not trying to say anything one way or the no, other. All right, gang. Excuse me. 
So what? I'm just messing with you. Keep yeah, going. yeah, yeah. So uh, what else have we been watching lately, everybody? Any any uh, other movies, TV shows? I saw John uh, Wick Four and Dungeons and Dragons, right? And I got a Switch, and I'm playing Breath of the Wild right Dungeons now. Dungeons and Dragons sucks. Uh, it doesn't suck. Grow no, up. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> You're so dramatic, man. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I am. I watched Don't Worry, Darling, with friend of friend of the friend of the show Zelda Driscoll. That's true, Zelda. You, you almost Zelda. said her. You almost said her different last name, man. I Former did. Last I name. almost said Zelda Peach. But oh, that, 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 no ain't, that ain't it, man. You're just outing her Driscoll. whole government name on here. Sorry. <laughs> What's your social security number? Uh, yeah, it's uh, minus four. <laughs> minus uh, I know six it. I one. Um. Anyway, uh, I'm proud of you for knowing it off the top of your head. And What's your tiger card number? Ninety forty one nine five seven six. Ooh. There you go. You can't go. really use that one. For um, and Davis, uh, Megan had a movie night, and we watched Sound of Metal yet again. Good. I don't know if you've given it a rewatch lately. I rewatched it before I watched Whiplash when we did our episode. Oh, there you or go. Or afterwards, actually. Okay, go, yeah, I was going to say, I also watched Whiplash not too long before it, and I found myself in the beginning being, like, super stressed. J.K. Simmons <laughs> going to come around the corner. What, you can't hear now? Hits him with a drumstick. Are you rushing or are you <laughs> Oh, Sound of Metal's so good. <gasps> Lo- just the scene uh, yeah. at the end where he takes his, uh, where he, he just takes, takes, the hearing aids? Yes. Why'd you look at her like I was about to spoil it, man? <laughs> no, no, no reason. No reason. No, um, there was a reason. What no, was there was. <laughs> oh, my Jesus. You know what? I'm done. No, Davis. Davis, come back. What else you watched? I told Anything you, else? I told you everything I watched. I watched Dungeons John Wick 4. I saw Dungeons and Dragons. thought it was fine. I gave it a 3 out of 5. You also gave it a 3 out of 5, so you cannot say it sucks. Yeah, okay. Upon sitting with it, it doesn't suck. I Uh-oh, just... Oh, are you adapting? No. Another? So here's the thing. He <laughs> no. says... He says Oh, because Davis watched Back to the Future 3 with Jack. He thinks it's awesome. Because you were sitting beside Braden, and you both of y'all were making snide comments no, about it. You think it sucks. I actually was having a more fun time with you just cracking up at everything in that movie. Chris Pine was having good deliveries. I'd be like, and ha! Then, I'd like slap my <laughs> And then I'd have my bucket of popcorn. I'd be like, Davis, you want a bucket of you want a popcorn? He's like, no. He's like, actually. Yeah, he's like, I'd, I'd go, no, no, no. Oh, okay. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so that part, I was having fun. I was the, smiling. The experience was of that movie raised it to a three out of five, but the actual movie itself is a little lower, admittedly. Yes, Davis, I'm being a hypocrite. Suck it up. Always fine. Like I'm telling you, it's not good. It's fine. He admitted it. Okay, fine. It's fine. It's Whatever. fine. I also recently watched Arrival. Uh, me and Megan watched that for a class. Megan and I. Yeah, whatever. Um, Davis, have you you've seen Arrival, right? Yes. We. I love that movie. I forgot yeah, how good, good it was. Like, it's just, it's not your standard sci-fi movie, I thought. Yeah, it had me thinking for a, a while. Five exactly, yeah. The Amy Adams is so good. Mm-hmm. Forrest Whitaker, the plot twist. I really, really like the movie. I love getting to watch all those great movies in my class. Obviously, we're doing Moonlight coming up, which is really, really I believe really I'm going to be joining on that one. Yes, you will be joining us on that one. It's going to be very, very exciting. I cannot wait, because I've never seen Moonlight, Davis, as you as you well know. I've seen it quite a few. <laughs> among among my many, many oh, flaws so and good, films that I've not man. seen. Absolutely. I watched um, a Notebook recently. Really? For the first time. And? It was uh, it was okay. There you go. I've never seen Notebook. I know I need <laughs> Why to. Why are you looking at me, man? He's tra- you're talking to him. I don't know. So, I mean, like, I mean, is it is it is part of it because the hype? Because, I mean, the hype yeah, is impossible to Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is, yeah. Because, like, I mean, it is, like, the movie I mean, a lot of the say. characters themselves were kind of dry. The scenes, like, they, I don't know, emotionally, it wasn't there most of the time. Interesting. It, it, so what yeah. is the titular notebook? Does she write in it or something? No. So he wrote an entire story about their life together. That in a notebook. In a notebook. Okay. And she has Alzheimer's, so he tells her this story all the time because or dementia. This she is has, like 
This is like the, the Adam Sandler oh, one. Wait. Oh, 50 First Dates. No. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. Well, she, they're old together now. I th- oh, so it flashes, it flashes back. You, okay, never mind. Yeah, they're old yeah. together, so she keeps she trying to jog her memory, okay. and they're always like, it doesn't help her. She doesn't remember, and then she does remember at certain moments. You play music, it helps them remember. She, she did play music. She played the piano. There you go. Yeah. yeah cool. Nicholas Sparks. Any other uh, thoughts or things you want to leave our listeners with before we go to the trivia and wrap up the show, everybody? I think I'm good. You good? Sudden? Thanks for coming on, y'all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What, what, what a time it was. Anytime. Any, anytime, indeed. <laughs> Not anytime. <laughs> Not anytime. I can give you my schedule, though. 12 okay, a.m.? Wow. Tw- hey, he, he was up at 12 a.m. last night. I was. Night. I was watching the F1 race. Who won? Uh, you We're know. stopping? Oh, shocker. Lewis? There were three red flags. The race stopped three times. I was up till 2.30. It started at 12. It's crazy. Max did. We, we hate Max in this household, man. What do you think of Lewis Hamilton? He got second. I like Lewis Hamilton. Apparently, apparently the Brazilian government just fi- fined somebody like a million dollars for making some comments about Lewis Hamilton that were um, racially insensitive, so that's not great. Hmm. Isn't I think Lewis Hamilton's an honorary citizen of Brazil. Oh, well, that, cool. that, that makes sense then. All right, so the trivia questions. Trying to remember the ones that Davis pointed at. First one, uh, the Monty Python one and the, uh, and the Rock one. Oh, yes. Megan, this relates to what we were talking about earlier today. What type of car does Nicolas Cage steal in The Rock? Don't answer it. Don't answer. Good. I didn't remember. You should, you should watch this movie. It's pretty fun. Maserati. Don't answer and then Not just it. try and answer. Yeah, you're wrong. I know. Uh, the Italian sports car brand, Maserati. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, we're actually going to go three questions today. Just oh, my goodness. In Monty Python and the Holy Grail, what characters Arthur cut the arms and legs off of? Don't answer. Do not answer. And then lastly. Maserati. Okay, yes. And then in, in who played Arnie Grape in the 1993 movie What's Eating Gilbert Grape? One of my favorites. Love, love, love that movie. It could it be a Maserati? Bugatti? <laughs> you are... Yes, Davis, Very actually. Wrong. Actually, it's exactly yes. it. It's, um, it's Tom Bugatti. Actually, that's, that's who it was. Well, anyway, Sutton and Megan, thanks for joining on such short notice today. Always lovely having you guys in the studio. Well, this Sutton, is you'll, my be, first you'll be time. back. You'll be back, though. We know that. Megan, you might be back. Who knows? You'll just appear out of thin air. As girlfriend we'll of the show, you'll probably show up at one time or we'll another. See, we'll see. And then, Davis, of course, um, your push for Puss in Boots, the last wish, generated this entire episode. So thank you for that. And what? It wasn't me. Mm... No, your mic's off. Anyway, um,. <laughs> So, thanks to everyone for joining us here once again on the set for another episode through Lens on Weagle 91.1 FM's longest-running movie podcast and longest-running podcast of any kind. If you have any thoughts on any of the five films we discussed today, or do you think the Boss Baby trilogy should have been included, you can let us know at our Instagram. That's through the Lens Weagle, through the Lens W-E-G-L. Thanks again to our special guest, Megan and Sutton, for joining us today to talk about these movies uh, from everywhere, the fun facts about Shrek 2 to the emotional beats of Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. We'll be back in a short time for the Lord of the Rings episode, God Help Us All. Three movies that is the length of about two and a half in total. Or three, no. Three movies that's the length of about four and a half total movies. It's about nine hours that we're going to have to watch. I don't know what's going to happen. Wish us all luck. We look forward to doing that episode. If you have any thoughts or what you'd like to talk about for Lord of the Rings, you can let us know at the show's Instagram yet again. But until next time, I'm Alex Hutchinson alongside Davis Carroll saying so long, and we'll talk again sometime in the coming future. Once again, the final episodes continue. We're near the end. Or as the great Vin Diesel says in that one movie, the end of the road begins.